Hello everybody, this is Hollywood Matt Connolly with the double biceps in the contract, legally required every single time I appear on camera. We are at the Daily Combat Podcast. I have two lovely guests today. We have our co-host, as always, Isabella Rossitano. Cheers. The lady who lived like Mark Wahlberg for 24 hours, played golf, got up at 4.30, did some meditation, uh, ate like Mark Wahlberg, wants to be smart, sponsored by Mark Wahlbergers, the uh, upcoming <laughs> restaurant. Uh, that is uh, co Host, also a boxer, has to run off uh, in about half an hour to go punch people in the face. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we have the pleasure of her company for half an hour. And our special guest today, a returning guest, is is powerlifter Natalie Stone. The strong strong hobbit is the nickname <laughs> she likes to go by. It, it's all your handles are that at that Nat strong. Ho- <laughs> that strong. She has been invited uh, to compete in the Pro Raw powerlifting competition, one of only seven women ever being invited from South Australia to compete in this competition. It's a big deal. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. We're excited. Queen. You have been training your butt (laughs) off. I've seen every day there is videos of you training like crazy. Yeah. So it's deadlifting, benching, and squatting. So it's deadlift, squat, and bench. So squat, bench, dead. What? Yeah, squat, of, bench, and then deadlift. All, we got that. All at once. <laughs> it's all at once. <laughs> um, so it's just like all other powerlifting events, uh, but Pro Raw is invite only, and it is the highest caliber of competition in mm. the world. Usually, we have athletes come from all over the world. Wow. It was originally a part of the Arnold's, the Arnold's mm. Festival. But obviously, because reasons, we can't really have that giant festival happen. Mm-hmm. So Marcos and Emad, who run the event, they are still putting it on and they're putting it on at PTC HQ, which is where pretty much all of this sort of powerlifting in Australia kind of was born. So it's cool to be going back over to Melbourne to like that like that turf, but to be stepping onto the, like the pro raw platform, to be able to be invited, to be amongst that like caliber of lifters is pretty cool because like mm. i said that as a goal seven years ago when i started lifting mm. um i was like i want to be a pro raw athlete like i like a lot of wow. people aspire to that wow and then obviously all that stuff happened like five years ago and mm. it's taken five years to recover my body and mind to be able to even functionally handle a prep again and yeah and when marcos is like you know you can come come compete i yeah. was like this is a dream come true. So literally in two weeks' time, I will be stepping on that platform because it's on Friday in two weeks. Ooh. So wow. Yeah, I'll be in Melbourne then. It's uh. like I think it'll sink in then. Like right now it kind of feels like you're something you're talking about, like you're prepping yeah. for, like your body is getting primed for, but then like you'll get there and you'll be like, Holy fuck, this is real. And mm. it's like it's just awesome it's the best of the best in australia i'm so excited oh this is exciting that's yeah. incredible i think yeah. to, to achieve a goal that you set out for yourself seven years ago was yeah. it seven years ago you yeah. thought to yourself i'd love to do that one day and now yeah. in two weeks time little little nat little nat being a little like <laughs> little 40 kilo deadlift and stuff and it's like the caliber of lifters though is absolutely freaking ex- exceptional like there are there are women pulling like 200 250 kilos we're wow. seeing deadlifts. 240 yeah, yeah squats and deadlifts you're seeing yeah. like 100 to 120 kilo benches okay wow. that like yeah, it's that, that absolutely it is just like it is inspiring to see where hard work takes you and like mm. it's 
it's just like a whole different level of like comps. Like we have our novice meets, our state meets, like we have our nationals and different federations, but Pro Raw has always been held up in this esteem that it's, you know, it it's where the serious lifters get to go and really test themselves. So this is my first one, hopefully one of many, but to be able to be like one of the f- a few women in South Australia to be invited in 12 years <sighs> is pretty freaking cool. That's amazing. So you were yeah. saying this before, I don't think we've got it on the podcast, but uh, you're pretty much going to be uh, part of a very exclusive club uh, after competing <laughs> in two weeks' time. So tell yeah. me, how many women have ever competed in this from SA? Tell us about the history of that. I think six or seven. So wow. there's, there's, not, there's not many and it's like when – when I think about powerlifting here in Australia, there's a lot of a lot of inspiring women who lift. And here in SA, we're very small. Like, mm. we're a small community. We're very state-based with our events and stuff. And it's like, I remember my first event heading over to Melbourne. I was for, I do powerlifting photography as well. Oh, and cool. I was shooting the, um, the Melbourne Cup, I believe, like, for GPC. And I just remember seeing the calibre of lifter was just like a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was a massive wake-up call and experience mm-hmm. to come back here. And I was like, wow, this is a huge world of just like people and experiences and energy and stories. And yeah, and then I just fell in love and fell into it. And now we're here seven years later, <laughs> still yeah. going. And you're, you've gone from the other side of the camera and now you'll be the competitor. And I'm also shooting Pro Raw too. Oh. So I was originally, oh, wow. yeah, so originally I was meant to be going over as a photographer. So I was going to be shooting the three days. Um, and then one afternoon I got my invite and I was like, oh, okay, change of plan. <laughs> so I'm competing on the Friday in um, one of the events and then the Saturday and Sunday I'm photographing. So I'll be doing a back like triple weekend be pretty wow. good i'm excited and also i'm ready to nap yes <laughs> monday is sleep <laughs> yeah definitely I'm, <laughs> I'm um yeah i'm i'm still like in that pre-mode i know that when we get in the car and we head over and like i step foot and i see my friends that i've seen for years i'm gonna be like oh my god like this is really happening mm. and i'll probably cry yeah <laughs> especially especially being invited to compete yeah and it's like this is you've done the hard work and yeah. you've just been recognized and it's mm. it's not a i think it's not even about being the craziest strongest person in the community anymore i think it's like it's recognition for a whole lot of other stuff that people are going as well so it's really nice to be to be recognized mm. for that it's very and like i i'm i really struggle to like talk myself up and stuff mm. like that like i find it hard but mm. yeah it's um I'm working on that, but yeah. it's work, work, yeah. <laughs> working on that. But yeah, it's yeah. um, it's definitely made me see things as like a powerlifting coach, as like a business owner as well, and go, mm-hmm. all right, maybe it's actually time I own my skill set and own the time that I've done in this sport and own, you know, the amount of work that it's taken to get here. Just like not physically, but like that mental recovery. So it's like, yeah, I I feel like it's almost like a full circle event being able to step into that because it's like I remember sitting with my psychologist a few years ago when I was really really sick and she and I said to her what I wanted to achieve and this was one of the biggest and she pretty much broke down all the CBT things we had to do so cognitive brain therapy um and all of that sort of treatment work that I had to get done to be able to even be remotely close foundationally to be able to function and yeah I did the work required and now we're here so it's like it just goes to show that and like this is pretty deep it, it, even though you can have the most fucked up and horrible experiences happen to you 
they can help you become a stronger person. Mm. And it's like, you have to just go through it. Mm. And sometimes and it's, it's just fucked up that people have to go through horrible things to be able to like, then step up, step up into things into their lives. But like, I sometimes think I'm really unlucky that I went through all of the stuff I did. But then I think it, it and this is really, really weird to say it was in a, in a way a guidance blessing because it's led me here to this mm. point. And it's just like, no, I fucking won. They didn't win. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, the greatest uh, beauty comes out of um, the greatest pain. Yeah, and, and it's, it's yeah. exactly like Anderson, like at mm. the end of Dread, yeah. how she had to climb those 200 floors. Like one of my friends, Sean, he was like, um, just, you know, take one floor at a time, you know, 200 floors, you got this, Anderson. I was like, yeah, 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 like it's, yeah, no worries. And now, you know, we're here. I'm just like, holy fuck, my life is that movie. And yeah. it's pretty cool because it's a good movie. It is a good yeah. movie. It's a great movie. Ah, uh, well, I guess I have to watch it then. You haven't yeah. watched it? No. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Nah. Leave. Yeah. You're gonna, oh, leave. Well, I will in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, 20, 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's uh, Carl Urban plays Judge Dredd, and uh, it's all in one building. He's The building gets locked down, and he's got to fight his way out. Um, the whole movie is about one building. One building. Yeah. That would have been so – was this created around COVID time? No, no 2012. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was yeah. almost a foreshadowing. Anderson Anderson was a she was a psychic mm-hmm. um a an orphan psychic character. Did she see this happening or not? Like why didn't she like <laughs> not enter the building that day? Like, it was really yeah. cool to see how a character went from being defense, defenseless and really vulnerable and you know having men take advantage of her quite violently and then be able to flip that around and become so empowered and just she ends up saving dread in the That's end. Right. And she oh, is wow. the reason why at the end of the film that like you know, they have that success. So it's like that sort of like flip of the switch mm-hmm. in that, that moment where she's like, welcome to the inside of your head scene. It's like, I remember that for myself when I was like, oh, fuck, I can actually do this. Yeah. And yeah. yeah I think in two weeks time, I'll be standing there going, okay, it's real now. But <laughs> like for now, it's like, just like got to get through my, I think I've got like another six or so sessions to get through. Mm-hmm. Then once they're done, I'll be like, oh my God, we're even closer. <laughs> That's so fantastic. Yeah. But you can see it in so people that have been through like a, you know, a crucible moment or something that mm. um, like you were saying with SAS, you know, mm. you get to see the real person when you strip away all mm. the, you know, bravado or persona or people are pa- playing a character when they go out in society. And then when you remove all of that and you actually are vulnerable oh, yeah. and you see what somebody's really like uh, under adversity and then if there's somebody who is able to continue and, and break barriers and push through the pain and, and get through no matter what, it's like those people, when you meet them, you, you instantly sort of see that in mm, them and it's like yeah. this person's been through some stuff. Yeah. And that's what is so dope about powerlifting is yeah. that there are, there are friends that I've made over the years that have been through that stuff and it's like because I was behind the camera I think it's because I was able to take the still frame moments that you Mm. could see that and this is the thing like when like say if you've missed an opening squat or something's gone wrong on the day you start seeing what people are truly like they'll start throwing this shit and it's like to me professionalism is really important and also treating your equipment with care is really important but like it is like you said like when you face adversity how are they going to act and powerlifting is is really raw like mm. it's a really raw and really open experience to have to go through put your body through that and then step up onto platform even if it's a novice to like you know the elite ones and that vulnerability of being up there it's just like it is so cool because mm. it's like you see what people are really like and yeah. what and how bad they mm. really want it like mm. it's 
Yeah. It's more than just lifting weights. It's actually like that mindset you then carry on into your life and then you can achieve more. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. Especially cool. the people that can keep it together. I mean, was it, you get three lifts uh, usually in a, in a powerlifting competition. Yeah. So you got your squat, bench and deadlift. So you have three attempts on each. Mm. So you want to always land your opener. Otherwise you are out. So if, if say if you missed all your squat attempts, you're out of the meet. Same oh, as completely like completely out of the whole competition. You can't even do the other two. Usually, you can keep going. Like sometimes yeah. meet event, like the the meet directors mm. will let you keep going, but you don't get a total at the end. Wow. Okay. Um, so it's really important to make sure you land your first of all attempts. Yeah. And so you sometimes like that final attempt is like that's the one attempt you've been working for, and mm. sometimes you'll miss it. It's like. I missed 80 kilo bench, I think four or five times in one year competing and just in training and I could never get it. I could mm. hit 77.5 to the cows came home, <laughs> but 80 kilos just would never come up on the platform. Mm. And then we were like, then we finally got it. And I think it took a solid 12 months wow. of just like gritting your teeth and keep going, keep going, keep going. So it's like powerlifting is a sport that really like it challenges you on your good days and your bad days. You might be having a fucking great day and then your deadlifts just feel like trash. Mm. And you're just like, I can't let this rule my day. I'm going to have to get better than this. So mm. it's just like, it's really, it's it's a really, really, what is it? It's a, it's a sport that will challenge you internally and physically. And unless you are ready for it, it will chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. And you yeah. Can, you it's pretty it. brutal. Like you were saying before, the people that react badly after, say, they miss that first lift and then they lose their temper. You see some drama, that's for sure. There yeah, should be yeah. a movie. You know what? If I if I should have I should have taken recordings, I would have made a great TV show. Yeah, Fantastic. you could you could put them on a highlights reel. Put a highlights yeah. reel. But yeah, it's like it's 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 just interesting to watch how people's mindset works and and their mental approach to things and handling stress on the day and because you know it does become quite stressful if you miss something and you have to land that number to be able to place for a nationals event yeah. or be able to get your total for a pro invite. So it's like there's a lot of pressure. There's yeah. a lot of pressure and being able to uh, maintain that maintain that like calm thought pattern under pressure is like yeah mm. it's really cool and that's why like cbt like cognitive brain therapy and like psychology practicing all of that over the last few years has been really good because it's like every time there's like a test and a trial and like honestly running a business that's mm. fitness based during this whole like yeah big giant c word like uh-huh. this pandemic like you have to learn some yeah. resi- mental resilience Absolutely. like yeah for yeah. sure but um have you got sort of a technique or or a, a thought pattern that when you go into do a lift, you know, because you've got, say you've got all these outside pressures and it's like, everyone's watching you. This is the biggest competition you've ever been in. You know, uh, if you don't get this, mm. it's going to be, you know, the, the, and oh, it's like yeah. those thoughts to be able to filter those out and to be like, no, I'm just going to go in. I need, to, I've got my standard routine that I, I step mm. here. I stand like this. I've, I get on the bench like that. And if you've run through that sort of, you know, that routine of, of preparation a million times, it's that can help you to yeah. uh, remove all it, those outside factors. That experience definitely like comes in time. Like that's why spending time on the platform competing is super important mm. um, because it teaches you that calmness and that ability to just like 
breathe through your like your setup routine and it's like I was talking with this that's a really good question because I was talking with a friend over in Melbourne um about comparing ourselves to like where we were at in 2019 Mm. and to where we are at now and also just where numbers are sitting competitive wise and it's like it's about being able to just let go and realize that you're there for yourself and you're competing against yourself and it's letting go of any judgment that you feel within yourself that is a projection from other people Mm. coming onto you and going, Mm. so fucking what if they're thinking that I'm there and I'm owning it? And it's about making sure that, like, your setup routine, like, it should be the same as when you've been in your training. Also, Mm. like, don't change anything. Um, And it's, like, practicing that sort of, like, Jedi calmness. And, like, this is one of the coolest moments. I did a deadlift-only comp in December and I was trying. I had a pretty bad reaction to something that ended up ended up having a cardiac reaction. Was in hospital wow. in the emergency room. Too many and energy an- drinks now. Anyway, now sorry, guys. <laughs> not, not enough. It was not enough. It knocked <laughs> yeah. me out for a good solid three weeks. So my prep was severely impacted for it. And I remember stepping in on the day, and I was like, "Man, I'm way under the numbers that I should be hitting," and trying to remove that stress that I was putting on myself going no enjoy that you're here and you're moving like the fact you're moving Mm -hmm. and we've overcome the last two years to be back here it's fucking dope Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I remember I stepped up on the platform and my friend Emily was uh she was reffing and she was like she just whispered use the force and (laughs) I was like that is so That was the best moment having someone say that to me. That's cool, yeah, absolutely. And I managed to just like that moment, just like clicked my headspace back in and was able to pull. So it's, yeah, and it's like I've listened to podcasts about Pro Raw and people talking about how it's very different to state to national meets and, and that pressure that you feel there. So it's like I'm already now, like if I'm in training, I feel that sort of pressure arise. I'm like, no, 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 you're there just to do. You're there, you've got your invite just enjoy the process and enjoy the day just because mm. you know we've waited two years to have powerlifting back yeah absolutely. and life back so yeah. yeah have you had that with say if you've gone into a, a race or mm. your, your olympic qualifying or something and you've got that like all those external voices or like you know pressure and yeah and have you had like a, a sort of a way to overcome that yeah my way to overcome that pressure is always and it and i don't know when that first started it's always been to um to kind of have a sense of humour. Okay. So the biggest <laughs> example I've got, and this is actually quite funny, so before the Olympic qualifiers, my teammate who's originally from Hungary, um, we started filming a series of comedic uh, Instagram videos that were enjoyed by the wider canoeing community <laughs> and included things like dancing on top of um, safety boats, you know, that were on top of the water when everyone was gone and left. Right. Um, we were dancing and we were making videos like TikTok style videos with Tokyo Drift in the background. <laughs> but the greatest of all was our Lion King reenactment. Uh. So we, we had like a rock and we were, you know, doing all the biggest scenes from the Lion King. But we did it underneath um, this tent, um, which was owned by a kayak company. And they must have seen the video because that, that tent is always up. And after we released <laughs> our video, it was removed. No. Okay. <laughs> so every day they would set it up and then they would take it down every night. Oh, just because of you. Just in case. We, we was, couldn't was help but TikTok? think. This was, was this before it was, TikTok? Yeah, it was a bit before TikTok, yeah. <laughs> we couldn't help but think it was like related to our yeah. videos that they took it down. But long story short, For me, like dancing before a big competition or just jumping up and down or trying to make, trying to laugh, 
That's yeah. what I do. Yeah, and it completely takes my mind off it. Mm. But I think that would be different for everything I do. So I don't think that would be the same for boxing. Mm. I'm assuming I'm going to have to take a different approach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, probably like if I were doing something like powerlifting, I think mm. you'd really want that. You, They've done studies and the best way to be uh, as an athlete mm. is just to be, they call it like in, in the flow. Mm. And it's really when all of our minds, like we all do sports, it's when our, when our minds are like – for example, like when you're arm wrestling and you, you're not thinking of anything else other than, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or when you're powerlifting and you're just thinking. Oh. I think that's that's what happens is once yeah. you're on the side of the platform, your mind goes in, like you're you in your warm up, mode. you're in a different mode. You're then like, because your friends are there having a good time. But then when you get to the side of the platform, this like different energy sort of kicks in mm. because you're just wet. It's that like that lull weight. Mm. And also just like you've got your wraps on, your knees, sleeves on, knee wraps, and you have that pressure on your body and you're about to like, you know, put your belt on. And I think it's like for me mentally, I kick into the real focus mode is when my belt latch goes. Mm. And I'm just like, okay, this is it. Like this is when you when you focus. So I'm. it's before you even touch the bar, you mm. need to have that mindset in place. Mm. So it's like from your first warm-up, like this is comp day, like from your first warm-up to when you're about to do your first attempt, it's like your your headspace has to be the same. So your warm-up gets treated like your max. Mm. You've got to be seri- dead mm. serious about everything. And then when you're about to step on that platform, it's like you start visualizing yourself finally, like that final lockout or that final punch up of the bench. Mm. And it's just visualize. Visualization is just mm. like so powerful. Mm. It helps overcome that sort of like anxiety is like any self doubt, any of that sort of shit that goes in your head. It's like, I can see myself doing that. Mm. And so the harder you dream, the harder you're like, you visualize that goal, the more closer you get to making it your reality. And like, that's like with the studios, like you, like I dreamed about that every single day for those 12 months that I worked in like a nine to five shitty desk job. Mm. And then it's just like, next thing you know, you're here. Cause I remember in November, I was, I think it was here in November and we're talking about goals and that, that focus and that mindset. And I took that focus and mindset from comp day and I started applying it to life Oh, nice. and nice. just going, no, I need to kick in. I need to get through this. And it's just like a whole different level that you just had to function at. And then I managed to like, I opened the studio, but in the last 12 months, cause it's like the 12 month anniversary of being open, I achieved two years worth of goals in 12 months. Awesome just from exercising that mindset. Yes. And that's why, like, I delved it into that pro, like, that six-week program and into the guide and it's, like, focusing on the whole, like, one thing daily because if you take things seriously, like, and, like, passionate and and do things with intent, such as your warm-up with, like, a 20-kilo bar and you treat it just like a 200-kilo deadlift or whatever your goal is, like – that intensity is going to follow you consistently through and that's mm. how you get success. Mm. It's like you can do all the Instagram workouts, you can do all mm. the like all the little mindset, little posts and stuff on mm. Instagram, watch all the little TikToks. But the thing is, unless you're willing to do the work, you're not going to get the mm. change. So Absolutely. it's like, yeah, you're starting with a 20-kilo bar, but just think in 12 months' time where you're going to be. So it's like, yeah. So I approach everything like I do yeah. at the powerlifting event at the end of the day yeah. just so that I can get it done. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. like you were saying before with uh, the preparation and, mm. and being able to keep things, you know, if you were doing what works for you is the sort of the humour aspect mm. and it just reminded me of that sprinter, Michelle Yannick. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I was doing, yeah. pretty much dancing <laughs> like her. Yeah, yeah. bouncing but up like and down. To be able yeah. to go from like 
prepping for say like you know a race like that but then going to boxing mm. like that's just like two different like <laughs> headspace yeah. like preps even yeah. like arm wrestling yeah mm-hmm. but it's like it's like, like aggression aggression isn't an energy i really like um mm. and it's like when you're lifting there's almost sort of this like a little bit of an oomph that you mm. gotta get yeah and a little bit of a fire in your belly so it's like i can just like i'm just like it's really <laughs> interesting when you talk about people's mindset and setup. Some people are like super calm. Then you got some people who like smack their head on the bar. So yeah, you never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. It is. You you, yeah, the difference in, in mentality yeah. as to what works for that person. Yeah, I mean, like if slamming your head on a bar works for you, go for it. Yeah. Like I'm in support. See, it you helps see a lot of that in, in, in powerlifting. Yeah, it's like coaches will smack people on the back of the head or you know just to fire them up. I guess oh, it's the like, back slaps. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah back slaps. <laughs> yeah, I've had a coach back slap me. Uh, yeah, for canoeing. Yeah, we used to have that. It's pretty fucking experience to tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> probably not to the same. I'm sure the powerlift is probably. Oh, you, the guys end up walking around like the hand marks on their backs. <laughs> it's so funny. That's awesome. It's pretty funny. I the, love how. Does, does that work for you though? Like, if somebody oh, does no. that, no, no, it doesn't. My friend like, Hoover, stop touching me. My friend Hoover <laughs> got a little intense one of it. Oh, what was it? I think it was we're going for like we're trying to hit eighty, and yeah. I got eighty at this this meet. Yeah. And we spent 12 months working for this and he like, he has hands on my shoulder and if you get that. And when I went to step on the platform, he just went bang, like in the center of my back. Mm. And I never blew, like, I remember, cause I'm just like, I'm not, like, he's quite big and I'm tiny. <laughs> and I was just like, <sighs> so yeah. And maybe, but I got it. You're like, <laughs> so maybe, that, maybe there's some like, there's, yeah, it helps fire you up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not one for the back slaps. Right. No, I'm yeah. like, Verbal encouragement right. goes a good way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As my friend Luke says, and he'd love this, he says, don't be shit. Okay. Yeah, don't be shit. <laughs> don't be shit. That's, that's, that's Luke that's saying. That's a great verbal right. encouragement. Yeah. I'll yeah. remember that for my coaching. I might yeah. use that from now on. Yeah, don't be shit. Yeah. So I'm really keen. So I've always seen a bit of powerlifting of, you know, I've been around the, the sport, but I'm really keen to hear um, how exactly – each event works how it will work at pro raw and also what are the rough numbers for women and for men and does it do you have different weight categories or like because oh. we know we've we've heard there are some women lifting 120 kilos on bench like yeah so i'd love to hear there's about 75 there's like 75 kilo weight class women well yeah it's yeah. crazy cool it yeah. is crazy like a lot so of what the, would a yeah. 75 kilo weight class look like for women like what's the uh, rough numbers it depends on the federation like if it's say like so a like tested one <laughs> <laughs> a tested one yeah. so i compete in untested yep um i've never competed in a tested federation no. um it's probably not as many around is there is there's it? a few but they're not as big yeah um but yeah just to disclose i'm a natural lifter mm-hmm. i'm too That's scared because my mom would kill me mm-hmm. shout out to my mom she's the best diane's the best <laughs> good on you but, diane <laughs> good on you diane <laughs> but um we call her the big d because <laughs> I, P- I pt her. i pt her. i'm a trainer and yeah. we call her the big d in the house but anyway awesome. in the house um yeah so like novice events and stuff like that it, it varies like usually you have you know first time newbies stepping in or you have some people who just aren't stepping up into a sanctioned meet so a sanctioned there's like um, there's Capo Powerlifting, then there's GPC Australia, which are the two biggest federations here for untested powerlifting. You do have your smaller feds, which are the tested ones. I don't really have anything to do with them. GPC has been my main federation for the last five years that I've been in, and I've been competing Capo recently as well. Um, but like number, there's different weight classes. So you, 
I think it goes by like sometimes like five kilo jump stuff like that um and it's really competitive like I'd say the seven the 75 kilo class 82.5 forgive me if I'm saying these wrong around 75 to like the 95 like women are moving some serious serious weight I believe there was someone uh, from New South Wales she squatted 285 (laughs) for like doubles yeah, what? this was like last year. So we're going to be seeing like, and pro raw, you wow. see these numbers. Like nationals, we've been seeing what? pretty big numbers, but at pro raw, you That's see insane. like you see you see the crazy cool stuff. Like I, uh, Marcos organized to have um, lifters come from overseas and they squat like over four hundred kilos. There was a five hundred kilo squat out. that landed, um, I think pro raw twenty nineteen. Five yeah, five hundred. Yeah, That's I'm not fucking joking. It's on YouTube. There's just some amazing. There's just there's just it's <laughs> amazing with the human. Five hundred kilograms. That's like what? How many elephants? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing yeah. what the human body can do, and it's like I, I aspire for a two hundred kilo squat one day. So I'm competing. When they when you, I've got a one hundred seventy two kilo squat in knee in knee wraps. So when you wrap the knees. But I'm competing in knee sleeves, which is a new category for pro raw, yeah. um, which leaves room because some people compete in sleeves and some people compete in knee wraps. Mm. And so Marcos and Emad split it. So then there's just a sleeve category because when you squat in sleeves, there's like, a, like you know, 50, 70, 100 kilo difference to what you can squat oh. in sleeves to knee wraps. It's, it's very, which, which you, wrap, you squat a shit ton more in knee wraps. On yeah, wraps, okay. in 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 knee you can wraps. make it tighter. Yeah, you pu- you shorten the quad muscle, and yeah. you can just load. It's just amazing what you can do. So when I'm like, I'm prepping for this one where I hit you know 170 plus at nationals in 2019, and then now I'm just like, like I'm trying to move when I'm moving. Like I think I hit 135 the other day. I was like, oh my god, you know, like so you have that equipped assistance as well. Mm. So, and and it comes down to also like technique and being able to shift the weight and yeah the the playing field is is quite awesome. So as much as you are a single lifter, when you look at it competitively and the numbers that you're trying to put up competitively to podium, it's like, it's pretty intense. Mm. And like one of my closest friends, Eve, we actually came equal third at nationals in 2019. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like 0.5 of a kilo between our weight. Oh, wow. And so she ended up taking third. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget sitting there, them saying <laughs> that I was like, whoa. And Eve is lovely. Like yeah. we love Eve. She's yeah. beautiful. But like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, uh, and it's the same for the men. You've got roughly five kilos per category. The weight. I'm not sure how the weight classes work for men. Every federation is really different in the way they run their weight classes. But yeah, the the guys are moving, moving, moving some really moving cool weight. It is just, elephants. it is, <laughs> it is amazing. And it's like, I remember sitting watching my first pro roll, and I was just like, this is intense and it is intense it's Mm. like it is intense lifting it's not i i I don't know how to describe pro roar it is just such a epic event it's like it's the people it's the music it's the organizers it's being able to to just push the body beyond where like what we think is humanly possible and it's just like i i can't wait to watch the women on this i think women are on the saturday there'll be a live stream for it um for the uh rap squats Mm. because there's just some like Seriously strong, seriously yeah. strong people. With with the um the the bars set up. So with the squat, is it? Have you seen those racks where say when you take the load like without having to step back? Like oh yeah, the, the monoliths. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the sort of the 
handles or the rack that it's mm. sitting on just gets sort of pulled out the way mm. and you can do the squat right there and then and then mm. they move it back yeah. in. So we use those, but that is for like pro wraps. So for, for pro raw sleeves, Marcus has changed it. So we actually walk this out. So we're in a combo rack. So we're actually walking out the weight this time. So we're all like, hell yeah, getting ready for like squatting in a mono. And then we found out pro raw sleeves is being walked out. Mm. And I'm like, that's just a whole nother level to have to step back yeah. weight on your back. Um, and I'm excited for that because okay. that's just like I, I'm. It's going to be interesting to see just how you shift weight on your hips. Yeah. Um. But then you've got then on the Saturday and Sunday for wraps. It's too hard to walk out something in in the knee wraps. Like it's the right. way how tight those yeah. are. You can't even walk in them normally. Yeah. Um. So they'll be squatting in the monolift. So. Okay. Yeah. Have you you've used the monolith before? Yeah, heaps of times. I was oh. I have mono hooks at home, so I have oh. the attachment hooks for my rig at home. And so I was practicing squatting in those. And uh, then Marcus announced that mm-hmm. we were using oh, the no. combo. And I was like, oh. but you Damn know it. what? Like, it's fine. It's just, it teaches you to be really, really efficient as a lifter from before you touch that bar. So like that whole like headspace of going, I'm going to have to walk that bar out. You have to make sure mm. your feet, your hips, your back, your brace. Mm. So like that breathing and brace before you even pick up the bar, like mm. you have to have that down pat to be able to step out with like a one RM that you want to take. So yeah. It's, it's, oh man. It's I, like, I, it's so, yeah. holy moly. I'm excited so, for that. I think. Yeah. 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 It's have that you weight g- crush, crushes you, doesn't it? Like yeah. when, you, when you lift oh, up yeah, something yeah, yeah, super yeah. heavy and mm. you're just like, oh my God. I never forget the moment <laughs> I, I, I stepped up underneath 172.5. Yeah. I remember I stood up under that bar and I was just like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like I would never forget that. And I was just yeah, was like, don't drop it because your mom's watching. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it's um, that moment, isn't it? Like you've got you've you've unracked the weight, mm. and it's like just in that second where you've got it on you, and you're like, I have to go down and up yeah. with this. Like, like I can barely stand. You have with to have it. zero fear. You have to have like you literally have to just go like. There's no fear. Yeah. You have to make sure your body is ready for it. So like making sure you manage your injuries, touch wood, and it's like <laughs> it's making sure you always just. Be mindful of everything. So that's why, like, I'm like this with my my novice lifters, even, like, the ones in Federation, and just saying, like, your warm-ups set you up for success. Like, mm-hmm. treat even if you're just doing some, like, um, you're, like, in a volume phase or you're just, like, in just prep mode, your meet is, like, eight weeks out, still treat it like you want RM every single time. So you never know what's going to – you might miss groove. Um, so, yeah, it's super important. Like, I train on my own in my studio – and there was a day that I was I was squatting pretty heavy for doubles, and I remember I, I shifted my weight in the wrong direction because my my I've, I've lost I've lost about six kilos in fluid weight in just a couple of weeks, mm. and trying to manage weight loss plus a prep plus this shift that it t- takes your body through mm-hmm. as well. I remember I was coming up out of the squat and I didn't have the normal brace that I used to. Mm. And I remember just slitting back into it and I was like, nope. So learning how to rectify out of a squat was yeah. just like, that's why your setup is so important because it's like it sets you up. So if something's going to go wrong, you can kind of like bring yeah. yourself back up out of it. Yeah, that was that was scary. I'm going to uh, I train at six one eight to do my maxing out now, so I'm not like okay. on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, God. I um, yeah. <laughs> I remember. So my my sports career before I got into canoeing, I did weightlifting. Yeah, oh. and weightlifting set me up for of like the Olympic weightlifting. <laughs> yeah, Olympic yeah. weightlifting, and I did it back when it was at the South Australian Sports Institute. Oh, and cool. Now it's moved, and it's a uh, 
somewhere down south. It's a bit south, I think. And uh, the reason I bring this up was one of my dear friends, uh, who we've been friends with, school friend. Um, she, I got her into it as well. She's come to join me. Not many of my friends have, you know, take up the offer to, to come join me on my adventures, but yeah. Sophie yeah. did. And uh, she's now, she's still doing it to today. So that's nice. over 10 years. She's still kept it up and she's, yeah, got a great, great potential in the sport. She yeah, does yeah. a good job. Anyway, we'd been weightlifting for maybe, oh, probably like, you know, a few months or something. And we decided to do our max um, <laughs> squats. God. Right? Now we're two like <laughs> 17 year old girls and I can't remember my body weight would have been around 50 something at the time. And I was going for 80 kilos, which for me was yeah. like heaps at that point in time, yeah. which is funny because obviously it's triple it's digits still, now. Yeah, and right. Oh, thanks. So well, I'm next to like a fucking champion. Palace. <laughs> He's probably lifting nearly fucking 200 kilos. Anyway. It's so relative th- to you. Yeah. That's the thing is it's relative to you and what you can do. And we yeah. celebrate that. Absolutely. If that's what you can mm. lift. Like that's, that's fucking sick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To be 17 and lifting 80 kilos. That's <laughs> like, that, that's over body weight as well. But you haven't heard the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. But thank you. Thank you. I think I'd, I'd, I'm not sure if I eventually <laughs> hit it, but I, I, I couldn't have been more. I have to find the book. Anyway. Anyway. So went to do this max, this max squat. I don't know why 80 kilos was in my head, but I'm pretty sure it's something to do with 80 kilos. So maybe it was 80 kilos. And um, I hadn't done a max weight before mm. this. Our mm. coach was very much, no, you can't do your max weight. And, um, you know, like not not lift heavy, you know, like real slow, real yeah. slow. Like Technique, we had this Technique, Iranian yeah. guy, his name, Faraz. He would hit us with a broomstick. He's like, knees out, knees out. And he oh, hits, yeah. hits your knees. Really funny guy. So we took, we took forever before I could even touch the barbell. It was all yeah. about oh. technique. It was all about technique. Right. Anyway, so we're super excited to do yeah. a heavy lift finally. Yeah. But the railing, we were in a one of those, um, you know, what do you, what would you call squat it? Rack, a squat rack, I believe is the correct term. And uh, we didn't have the two safety rails set up. Oh, no. We had one set up, but not the other. So I've gone to do the max squat, and it's too much weight, and I can't get back up. But Sophie, does, Sophie's like never spotted, and we didn't know how to. Sp- oh my god! Like we didn't know the technique to spotting. So I can't remember what Sophie was saying, but Sophie's like, I'm like Sophie, help! <laughs> And then eventually I fell forward. Oh All no. the weight was like on my neck, but we only we only had one safety rail up. So what happened was I went forward, I fell on my knees, I got the barbell on my back like rolling forward and I went, if you can imagine, I just like <sighs> went to the floor yeah. and what saved me was that one rail that we had up. God. Use the, your safety rails. Use your safety yeah. rails. Use your safety rails. That's the reason I, I, I broadcast this story is for wow. anyone. Oh my goodness. Always, always have your safety <laughs> up. And for Nat. Go and lift at that other place. <laughs> <laughs> I use my safeties at home though. Like yeah. I've, I, I, I am pretty religious with that, making sure my safeties are always up, yeah. always ready to go. Just you, you <laughs> never have know. To be. You the big do. D has it's, to come and save yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mum, <My, laughs> the big D. She, she's <laughs> We're referencing Nat's <laughs> mum for anyone who's just right. who's, who no, likes to be called else. the big D. Yeah. We've only just kind of broken it to her. It was actually my girlfriend that came up with the idea that we call it. <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah, sure. I'm going to make her a team shirt. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so awesome. With with the three events and all that, what does it look like? So let's talk talk us through a competition. So let's say what it would look like for you at this competition. So when do you do your warm ups and what are the like what do they call out? And all that? So when you get there, you usually have like you you find your little camp. Like your camp is important. Ooh. That's where you put your bag. So you can eat your snacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can have a nap. Yeah. Um. But in all seriousness, like we, it's it's making sure that you're just kind of chilling out in the space, getting into the energy of the room. 
um, there's usually like an athlete meeting where they'll tell you how the meet's going to run. Not all meets are always run the same. Some meet directors have different ideas about things and also just like what equipment is available. Um, at PTCHQ, they've got like an absolute ton of powerlifting. It's the mecca of powerlifting in Australia, that place. Um, Marcos has like – there's so much history in that room. It's amazing. Um, so you would have your athlete meeting and then you'd start warming up for your squats – um, they usually tell you that lifting starts at like say 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. So you've got to make sure you're warmed up by 10 because lifting starts on the dot. They'll have like a flight of all the athletes. So they have a TV or something up in the room. So then you know when you're up. So say you might be the third lifter or something. Usually it goes lightest to heaviest squats. So then the loaders on the platform just have to keep loading up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you've got to make sure you land your first squat. If you don't land your first squat, especially in like a sanctioned meet, you don't get a total going towards. Ooh. Usually you're allowed to still kind of compete, but by that point, like I've seen people just walk out. Really? After the first lift? If you don't get your first squat on the board, like if you don't nail that first squat, you're out. So you got uh, two more lifts, though. Yeah, yeah. You still have bench and deadlifts, but well, no, like, but like, like, do you squat? Don't you get three attempts? Yeah. So if you if you miss it three times, oh, okay. Right, yeah. Right. So yeah, you have to you have to land at least a number on the board for squats. It's right. pretty intense. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it is pressure. It's pressure on the first lift. How interesting. Always, yeah. always make sure that your opener for your squat, bench, and deadlift is always obtainable. Mm. Um, and that's where some people make the mistake of just go ham on that, but also be mindful that if you're at a big event or you're new that you still have another like you know five attempts to go so don't burn out on the first one that's why practicing that like being calm and stuff is super important because you still have that meat to go because once you're done in your flight there's probably you know two or three other flights that they have to get through because they run like i don't know 10 people at a time so 10 people flight a will go flight b will go then flight c and then you go into bench and then they all the flights so sometimes you might be sitting around um, and you're going to make sure you keep your body warm and you're just like, like you're fueled for the day. Cause events like a powerlifting meet can go five to six hours. Nationals was like seven to eight hour days mm-hmm. and that's like eight hours of competing. Wow. And so pro raw, I don't know, 200 plus lifters, I think have been registered. Marcos said, so like, yeah, it's going to be back to big days yeah. and like, I can't, it's like. I the the music and the noise and just like cheering because you get to like just scream at people like yeah like yell and stuff it's good so it's like that big that sort of big energy environment and there's nothing better than just like watching people succeed because it it's like even though it's that individual on the platform like you then become so emotionally invested mm. knowing like how much work they've done mm. and there's so many people who have stepped into the to this sport who have shared stories with the photography that I've taken of them. And it's just like, fuck, these people have overcome so much. So mm. I'm excited to go to Pro Raw just to be able to, like, be a part of the experience and, like, also, like, Pro Raw history. But, like, it's just to be able to be included in that sort of calibre of lifter. Like, I don't have a 200 kilo squat in, in sleeves, but, like, oh. to be able to go over and experience this is, like... Yeah, it's pretty life-affirming. And it's like, okay, so, like, Pro Raw was one of the big goals. It's like, wow, to tick one of those That's off so is going to cool. be so yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, like, I'm still processing with, it. With the competition, the way that it, the flights, and so you've got squat, was it squat dead and then bench? Yeah, squat, bench, and deadlift. Squat, bench, and yeah. dead. So, if time you get to the bench, um, the, the, are the totals on the screen so you can see what your competitors are yeah. at? Is <laughs> so, there a, yeah. So if you're can going you to deadlift. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So if you get to your deadlift, like your final lift, and it's like, okay, 
um, the person ahead of me who's in first place lifted mm. this. If I lift this, then I will overtake them and win. Yeah. So you've got that gamesmanship. You have you have a bit of game. You have a bit of game it, in it. Is it unfair, or do they seed it in terms of who goes first because of that advantage? So like, who goes first has the least weight, if that makes sense. Right. So I set, and this is like the difference with federations is like I set a bench press record in capo powerlifting with a 90 kilo bench the other weekend. Mm. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty fucking sick to be That's like 10 kilos cool. off 100 kilos. Well done. Yeah, my life, like, I would love, I would feel so happy yeah. to get a 100 kilo bench press one day. That's oh, what I want. So 90, well done. Yeah, yeah so girl. 90. Yeah. And um, I remember there was a girl that I've competed with a couple of times and we both stepped out to do 80 kilos um, and like that was apparently like a record in this weight class and then she stepped out to do like uh, 85 and then there was like she got that which set the record but then wow. I came out again and then I set 90 and that was the record. I was like wow. – I felt so bad because yeah. I like – like I, you, know, you, you take the record from yeah. people but yeah. you watch like these high – like when you, you see Pro Raw and you see the Pro Raw records going up like holy fucking shit, it's like the big numbers mm. and yeah, you're just in awe of it. Like it's like my friend the other day tripled two twenty for squats, two hundred twenty kilos for squats, and she's a seventy five kilo powerlifter. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sitting there going, like I like it's just amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. That's incredible. That's yeah, my my it's gonna be a mind blowing weekend. I'm yeah. I'm so glad we get to like have community and lifting back and just like <laughs> be able to be back That's together. Be awesome. have, yeah. have you are you able? Did you want to sort of reveal your targeted? numbers or is it something oh, you want to keep my, secret uh, so like i'm going over there to have fun yeah. because like i started um i started on the pill like a few weeks ago plus then another medication to support it and i fuck that no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> fuck and that that's gonna fuck up your home yeah sorry yeah. I, I hope that it yeah it fuck, how's it going? i got really sick for for yeah. three weeks it took three weeks to adjust to it and then had no that weight about this it's yeah. so bad. I tracked my weight thinking I'd put yeah. on weight, mm. but I lost fluid. And that's the uh, fluid weight that I put on when the that, joints and everything. No, yeah. it was a fluid weight I put on when that incident happened from oh, the stress. Okay. So my body has been holding on to this shit in my body for oh. five years since that day. Mm. And it's been releasing it and the toxins and stuff releasing through my body. It was just like this huge cathartic mm. few uh. weeks of just going, my body was releasing, you know, all of that pain so it was very intense. Um, and then, like, it, it, I've been able to rebuild it back up. But it's, like, it's affected my squat and my deadlift a lot because mm. of the way that my hips now shift because of that, <laughs> that weight isn't there to, like, use. Mm. And so weight loss is great, but not when you're, like, three weeks out from a meet. Mm. And so, you know, that six-kilo drop was really intense physically. And so I'm hoping to put up at least 140, 150 for a squat – I'd like to punch 92.5 to 95 kilos and then for a deadlift like 150, like 160, nice. we'll, we'll see how it goes. And it's like I say those numbers out loud and I just know what you know other girls are bringing to the table and it's like try not to compare yourself, Nat. Yeah, but it's like yeah. it's like it's what your body can do and how your body's reacted and stuff and it's, it's great that you've been invited to go. But then I look at these girls and I'm like, fuck, I can't wait till I get to do that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. such a good way to look at it, especially also like at least you're aware, and that's something as an athlete which is really important is that we think, 
oh, wait, hold up, you know, for example, oh, I've had a bad performance, but actually I started that new medication like four weeks yeah. ago. Like, you know, <laughs> I've just gone back on Roaccutane for the fourth time in my yeah. life. And I stopped it last time because it was giving me such bad like muscle side effects. Mm. It was really hurting every time I trained. And I've just started that and I can tell you like right now I am totally exhausted. <laughs> and it's it's great that you that you recognise that, you know, yeah. that yeah, okay, wait, hold up. Well, actually I've just started this, so it's gonna affect that. Life is important mm. to make sure that like as much as powerlifting is is great. It's mm. got you got goals in it. You have to make sure that you can do life as well because like Good point. if something goes wrong on that platform, you're affected for your, for life. Like I need to be able to load bars and support my clients at work. Mm. So it's like I need to make sure that I make smart choices every time yeah. I listen to my body. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so it's it's like when you think about that sort of implication and I and I didn't really have a choice to go on the pill because I was getting periods that would just knock me out for a week to two weeks sometimes. Mm. So it was like it was that that sacrifice of time, but then mm. we didn't think that that it would have that effect on the fluid that was being carried mm. on my body. Mm. So it was it was really really interesting mm. to to go through that. So now it's like I'm going to start working with a naturopath to be able to just try and manage the toxins mm. in my body naturally instead of looking at medication wise. Mm. Um, just because then it's like like you said the muscle side effects mm. and you like muscle like when you're muscles relax too much all that sort of thing like if you're taking sleeping tablets they're muscle relaxants and it's like you're gonna have to then come off those if you want to be able to achieve certain things because you can't have like your muscles loose mm. so yeah yeah because so yeah. when you see somebody in a competition regardless as to what it is whether it's combat sports or whether it's powerlifting mm. or whatever you don't realize what it took to get them at to that point yeah. and it's mm. like you know that Maybe they're not lifting anywhere near something that's competitive, yeah. but it doesn't matter because it's like they went through so much difficulty to get to that platform yeah. or to get to mm-hmm. that point, and it's like mm. the fact that they're even standing there. Yeah, it, that's a win already. Yeah. That's why. That's why it's a. That's why it's a big win because like yeah. we did that podcast like that first one about what happened, and mm. it's like I think being able to step up there is that 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 win. Yeah, and and like opening the business was a win, and this is like a the like. A full circle win. You're winning that. Yeah. yeah. Winning. <laughs> and that's why, like, I've got that one thing daily program is that it is about counting your wins. And, like, it doesn't have to be anything big. Like, like for me, a win a few years ago was making it to my couch. And, like, I was, like, over 140 kilos and I couldn't even walk from my couch to the kitchen. I couldn't walk my dog. And it was, like, I just set so small, tiny little goals to be able to just have movement in my day. Mm-hmm. And it's, like when you come from that to then travel down to here to where you're at now, it's like you appreciate that journey and not everyone's been through shit, mm. but people who know you've been through shit will, will be understanding. I think the main thing I'm worried about is stepping onto like a live stream that, you know, 100 to we'll 200,000 we'll live stream you on. We'll is like you the on. alopecia yeah. side of things is that not everyone is understanding of like body image and, and stuff with women. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially like, you know, being half bold as a young female is really, really fucking hard. Mm. And stepping into a live stream situation with that, that gets broadcast around the world. I'm just like, that's another thing that I'm just going to have to just put in my back pocket and not mm. give a fuck about for a solid 12 hours. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's the so, thing yeah. is that, yeah. It's about what you, it's like, I love the saying and it's like, taking my Batman saying, mm-hmm. it's not how you look, it's what you do that defines you. Ah. Yeah. I love that. That's it, absolutely. Yeah. And I ride that. <laughs> and also in terms of like what you said about like, you know, and it, the competitiveness amongst others is to remain like for myself as well as a natural athlete mm. against uh, some unnatural athletes. Like, you know, mm. we're always, 
you know, no matter what, like, you know, we've got those those numbers to compete against as and well. And it's like, yeah. if they choose, like, if they choose to use, that's cool. Like, I, I just personally can't mm-hmm. aim because of my mother. But, like, also yes. just, I, I, I just don't. And I have zero judgment on people if they did mm-hmm. and if they do it's like it's up to the discretion of the human at the end of the day yeah it's good and it's but good. when you're in an untested federation yeah. it's yeah. like that's when it's like yeah do they don't they and i literally just don't care i'm like if that human squats over 200 kilos i'm like they have i'm like that the work to even do that mm-hmm. yeah to get out of fucking bed is amazing yeah, yeah. that's right and it's not about respect. what they're doing if you're competing it's about what what you can control yeah. with what the work that you've done yeah. Um, people get so caught up in it and it's just like it's like it eliminates i feel like it eliminates the pleasure of it and it's like if you want to get harped up about like drugs and stuff like that go into a tested fed you know take it there and even then probably in tested federations that's what that's that's what i was gonna say is like even in (laughs) tested sports like obviously i've always done olympic sports and so-called tested Mm -hmm. but Mm. there's no doubt there are there are australians who are dope there's um yeah you know but the Belarusians in my category were definitely doing stuff. Okay, wait, sorry, I probably should not legally have that. One. <laughs> you, you're of the opinion. I said might. it. I'm on the. I'm, well, yes. From what can my, we edit that out, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no nationality required. But yeah, I I always saw one of my greatest life mentors has always said there should just be two options. Yeah. Like sure, as you said, like if you're doing an, a non-tested thing and you're training your ass off and you need it for recovery, or whatever, then go compete in non-tested. That's mm. cool. But don't compete in my category. That is what's so funny to me is that they'll have like untested federations, whether it's bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, whatever. And this then they've yes. got a tested one. And it's like people are cheating in the tested one. It's like you've got all the other leagues. You can go. So Why are you going? Because that's I the only place you can win. But like, this is yeah. like the thing with tested federations is yeah. I photographed at a drug tested powerlifting meet yeah. and they wouldn't let anyone in into the back area to help even just spot a load if they had any affiliation with an untested federation. It was really, really weird. But then I walked in as a photographer yeah. and I'm in an untested federation quite clearly, yeah. been competing in an untested fed for ages. But because I was a photographer, they made the exception. So I'm like, yo, like, yo, guys, like, just it's everyone bit, chill, relax. Top, it? Yeah. it was, it's, it's just like everyone chill. Right. If yeah. they How take, interesting. Cool. Oh, that was such a trippy day. How interesting. Yeah, it's like no one else, no one go near no one. It's like <laughs> you might catch the steroids. <laughs> you might catch it from them. They might inject you as they're falling over. <laughs> oh, <Whoa>. no. <laughs> a droplet of sweat has touched me. It's like, come on. Now like, you're not natural anymore. <laughs> uh, it's just like it, do, it does get a little intense, but like my, my take on it is like whatever they choose to do, I still love and accept you. Like it's fine. It's like – it's it's just yeah just it's removing learning to remove judgment my psychologist yeah. is very proud of that is like being able to remove judgment yeah. from situations yeah. and just being like that person is like this is like a cool reactive sort of thing is like that person is reacting because of either trauma or unhealed things that is from their past so that's just their energy and you can't judge them on that if they flip out there's just parts of them that just hasn't been healed yet mm-hmm. and they don't know how to manage that and so by removing judgment of just like how people are, choices in their lives, as long as you are making honest choices yourself, that's all that really should matter. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, such a good and helpful outlook. Mm. I can't remember where I read that or who I learned that from, but I learned that a few years ago mm. and yeah. it just changed everything. Like, so if someone's abusive towards me or if someone does that, I, look, I feel sorry for them. Mm. Yes. I do. I, like, And I'm like, yes. oh, that poor person. And it doesn't affect me. It doesn't bring my mood down. Yeah. I just think 
gosh, I'm sorry for them, you know, like, you mm. know, well, nothing but love for you to be in a place so bad mm. that you feel you have to do this. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's like, it took me five, because like, I was, I was, I lost my job mainly because I'm not straight. Like my boss, I was sexually assaulted because Fuck. I'm gay. And yeah. then obviously things happened, but then Fuck my that. bosses found out and then they terminated my employment because they found out my sexuality and they legally managed to do that. It was very fucked up. That's fucked up. And <laughs> fucked up. And yeah. so Where's the fucking gavel? And so <laughs> unf- <laughs> that is officially fucked up. <laughs> and, so, and so it took me five years to come to the point. Sorry, of that going, makes me want to go and punch someone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it did. I'm not violent. Legally, I'm not violent. We'll anyway, sorry. Go. Is, so it yeah. Took me, yeah, I've got to go soon. Yeah. Anyway, go. It took me. It took me five years to go. I feel sorry for them that their judgment on me as a queer person, their their knee jerk reaction to finding out that was to be like bye. And not be supportive of a human who went through trauma. And it's only really in the last like one to two years we've actually seen a rise in women actually being supported in the, and like and also men and like whatever gender people choose is that they're actually being supported in workplace, you know, harassment and that it's actually being taken more seriously. Unfortunately, when we were going through the system, it was not it was brushed under, it was very mm. mishandled. Um, but the thing is it's like being able to remove the judgment on them was very healing. So then I stopped carrying that weight inside me. But yeah, it was very to to, to that's why I run the business how I run it is like we accept everyone as they are. If you have an issue with someone being gay, trans, bi, straight, whatever, that's on you. We just can't welcome your energy. And mm-hmm. it's like it's being accepting of all. And it's really interesting as someone threw back at me um, because they were uncomfortable with the fact that I was a trans friendly um, space. And I was like, well, like, okay. And she's like, I'm apparently judgmental on her and judging her for her judgment of trans people. And I was like, I tried to compute that and I yeah, still struggle like, uh, to be like, a minute. <laughs> but it's like, I should be accepting of her hate. And I was yeah, like, it's like, hang on. Where, it was where really interesting. <laughs> wow. It was really interesting. And it's like, yeah. I, I have no fear in saying no to people. Like I'd yeah. rather, you know, say no to that. But yeah. The yeah. the experience of running a business. But it's like even trying to speak it out. It's like you're angry at me because they <laughs> are because of this, and then it's like and you hate how them how of that. And that's yeah. why most, most hate is like that. Most negative, yeah. it like as you said, energy. Like most negative energy has no sense. Right. It's no sense. Like, yeah, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It really is. It's always interesting with uh, bullying and people who are throwing out insults. It's usually and. This is kind of funny that I've, uh, I've only picked up on this in the last couple of years, that people, whatever they're saying to you to insult you is what they think about themselves. What a vibe, Yeah, yes. and it's like they might be saying, oh, you're stupid. It's like, oh, they think they're stupid. <laughs> or, I'm going to take you know, a gavel to that one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, you're this or you're that. It's like, oh, that's what they think about themselves. They're yeah. the things that immediately came to mind when they got angry, and it's like that to attack somebody else, it's like, well, that's the sensitivity the for them. Yeah. They're projecting themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I had someone say to me when I first started doing this, like doing the palatine side of things, and I said I wanted to be a pro athlete they said to my face that would it never would happen oh really i will never forget standing there having someone i looked up to say to me that it would never happen like in your face and i was like yeah, just because that you're doing it now yeah, it really yeah. is yeah. but like i just will never forget standing there and it's like who we look up to is really important and it's like i make sure that i try and always like if it's a bad day make the bad day a good day somehow like really try and flip it on itself but like 
when you're someone that people look up to and you mm. have a voice and they're looking up to you and then they you express a goal to them mm. and then they say that to your face, it's fucking earth shattering. Mm. It took me a yeah. long time to get over that because I thought, yeah. wow, I'll never get there because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. you got to really, really be yeah. protective about who you tell your goals, goals to. and dreams yes. and ideas to. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah even yeah. with, even with finance and I stuff, like later. if I've thought of an idea and I run it past somebody that I might think knows – a decent amount of stuff and they'll shoot it to pieces because and then it's like mm. oh, and then you think no oh, i'm an idiot i didn't think that through but it's like if you've come up with an idea and then it's like okay well if i run it past this person they're gonna tear this down so i've got to come with i'm gonna like look at it from every possible angle yeah. and then it's like and then so if i do approach them with this idea and then it's like the objections is like oh no that's uh, i can do that because of this mm. and then they're like oh but what about this and you're like ah because of this then mm. you've already sort of thought it through before you've actually um announced it but mm. yeah if, if you sort of say to somebody hey i'm gonna do this and it's like if their opinion means so much to you yeah. that <clears throat> when they say oh it's not gonna happen or they try to tear your idea down and it's like oh fuck but if you've if you've solidified it and you know you can do it regardless as to their their input or their opinion um, I think that's the difference. But that's where you you would be in a position where you can share that idea because mm-hmm. if you go and sort of go half half formed ideas and mm-hmm. it's like oh, I'm going to do this thing and then people are like oh blah, 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 and you're like oh yeah that's not going to if yeah. you if you allow yourself to get sort of torn down before you get started mm. whereas if you've if you've already pre planned it you know this is possible mm. you know this is going to happen you've looked at it from every possible angle. And then it's like, well, I know this is going to work. Yeah. And it's like, they could tell me it's not. I Dude, know it's going to. It's so true. That's what happened with, like, um, I guess when we started formulating the plan to open the studio is that we're opening it during a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, in the fitness industry, which got absolutely slaughtered. And it's like, I just didn't want to give up on that vision and that dream Mm -hmm. and so many people told me that it wouldn't work and that you know you get judged a lot as a personal trainer as how you look Mm -hmm. you know a lot it's very hard in the instagram world that we live in and it's like a lot of there was so much negativity so i just stopped really talking about my goals too much Mm -hmm. but like i make sure that that i do though to a degree because then it makes me accountable to make them happen because like everything I set out to achieve happens. It's very spooky. It's like I put something out there, it happens. I love that. And it's like I tick boxes. I make things – I wanted to obviously become a brand and I didn't know how to do that so I learnt and then next thing I know I'm a trademarked business. Mm -hmm. And it's like being able to know that you are a trademarked business, you're a branded business, having all of these certain things that you just tick off along the way – it's really, really cool and it's like that's why talking about your goals is good because it does make you accountable but it does open you up to dream killers to come and shoot you Boom. down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But when they say the negative, that means you're doing something right. If exactly. people are talking shit about you, yeah. fuck yeah. Because they're talking. Good. But they're you're watching about, shit. You're about to, to win, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's true. Yeah, it's true. And it's really, it's really cool to kind of like be in this position now where I'm stepping up into this like this next level and this next phase and my business is, is, is growing and it's now, you know, it took me 12 months to go, I'm ready to formulate a program, but I didn't want it to just be like any six-week program. It's not about weight loss. It's like, how do we actually help people? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do in this space that's helped people? So I spent 12 months working on that. And then I thought in that time, if I can make certain goals that were in my two-year period happen, cool. And then now they're done. And I'm like, oh, time for a new set. So it's like, 
yeah goals and dreaming and like we talked massively about dreaming and goal setting and making sure you align with people who like your training partner for example who you train with so important Mm -hmm. who you have spotting you so important Mm -hmm. and it's like it's it's a it's mutual trust and it's it's respect of time and energy and stuff like that and it's like it it really does cement like your future potential Mm. so yeah yeah, and you'd understand that doing yeah. what you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Who's, who you who you have in your life, like I said, <laughs> that circle, like you're close, you're fi- like you mm. are some of the people around you, so you have to make sure that they match that energy. Mm. Yeah. That's so important, and that took me forever to learn as well. Like, yeah. it's only the past few years, like, and I've, I've read so many books because – Funny story, but um, and then I've got to run off and punch people in the face. Um, so my final tale life. for the day. Just yeah. love everybody Such and now to punch people. Yeah, yeah, this is about love. Um, was uh, a friend of mine's got he's got a gym and he had a book exchange, and uh, selfishly I took a book. I didn't leave one there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I left some books and uh, I found one. Um, this is before I got really into boxing, like into training. I've always been into it, uh, and it was about uh, looking after your brain. Right. Okay. And I put it, uh, I was having a bath, running a bath, and I put it on like the basket in the bath um, and I forgot I was running the bath. So ironically, <laughs> the book on looking after your brain got submerged. <laughs> <laughs> so I was so disappointed. I was like, you know, I was on the front, it's like how to look after your brain. And then I, I, I walked into the bathroom and it's soaked. And I thought, oh, shit. Right. I need to, I need, this is the book I need. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been destroyed. The reason I bring this up is I then bought a Kindle. Oh, yeah. Did you leave that in the bath too? <laughs> <laughs> no, I bought a waterproof one. So, yeah. if it happens to. So, Sorry, I had to yes. that one. <laughs> so, my point was um, it's the best thing I've ever bought myself, uh. I think. Uh, aside from my lovely Sunto watch, which oh, I'm yeah. now sponsored by. Oh, oh you, did you get it? You got yeah, it. Sponsored yes. by Sunto, yeah. Awesome. Um, but uh, the Kindle, I've gotten so many books and I've read so many books on self development, leadership, communication. That's like what I really love to read about. And it's so interesting, like what you just said, being around people, because there are studies that just show, like, your our environment just influences oh, us yeah. that much, and we can be, we can be aiming, you can be aiming for like the, you know, the top thing that you want. You can have the best intentions, you can have the best energy and the best spirit, but if you're in that negative environment or you've got some negative person in that environment, I think inevitably it, it hinders you. Oh, it does. How much can we actually fight that? You know. You yeah. can't, and that's that's why I was working in that, like, I was working a nine-to-five sort of desk job that was very toxic, very much so like that, and it's just, like, it is so important. Like, that's why why training to me was what got me through. Like, I'd be, that's how I met Absolutely. Matt. I'd rock up to the gym at 4 oh. a.m., you know, and then I'd go to work and then, <laughs> this you know, guy. It, was crazy, it was a crazy <laughs> routine. I wonder where he came from. He's uh. been sitting at the table. Like I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he just comes here every week. Yeah, you know, that's like where, where, where I live. Yeah. It's a peer. And, like, yeah. Matt even helped, like, at 4 a.m., who's going to fucking spot your bench, you know? And that was really helpful. So it's really – it is important to make sure you feed your mind with, with – like, nutrition isn't just food. It's, like, what you feed your mind. Absolutely. And, like, what you ingest through social media. Like, I'm very careful mm. with what I look at on socials. Same. And, like, it's, it's very – I think this is something that is just not looked at enough is, like, what you consume – 
through your eyeballs is affecting your brain. Mm-hmm. And, mm. yeah, you've got to make sure you, you watch things carefully with the way that it might make you feel and stuff like that. So it's a great way to look at it. I haven't heard yeah. of it like that before, but I like that. Like yeah. anything you see with your eyes, like literally it's in front of the brain. Yeah, like, you're, yeah. You're, it's, it's adjusting your mindset. And it's like if you're – if you're constantly reading things that are negative, it's gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna feel it, and so it's like that's why you know Instagram is great and stuff for certain things, but that's why it's like putting a positive message out there is so important because you never know if someone's having a fucking shit day. That's why we did like the apparel mm-hmm. with the Be Relentless T-shirts that had the back on it because if someone, if you're wearing that in Coles, right, and someone's having a shit day and they see the back of that T-shirt and they're gonna see a line on the back of that T-shirt, it's gonna make them feel better. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. That's why the apparel is designed the way it is, and that's why I wear it the way I do. Is that you never know what someone is going through, and you might tip them over the edge or you might push them up. So it's like mm. always try and be on the up for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You want to help people pull them up because yeah, you, know, I would expect you want to climb the two hundred floors, man. You don't want to sink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, that's great. Yeah. Have you got to head off? Is that what's I, happening? I must now head off. Okay. <laughs> it was lovely to to hear about the powerlifting. And now Do you have more questions that yeah. you want to chat? Yeah, yeah, we'll keep going. Yeah, now, okay. So you guys are continuing without me. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Matt likes to I will leave my Canotto here in place <laughs> myself. And, uh, yeah, i got a flight to catch, so... Uh, <laughs> I better head on out of yeah, here. Yeah, that's right, fly boy. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get onto my F eighteen. Um, <laughs> I'll be flying out of here. That's great. So good at bu- like she's so good at bullshit. I like <laughs> bullshit. Well, well, I mean, my plane's right out the front. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's a it. jet. It's important uh, to differentiate. Oh, okay, because yeah. okay. Uh, uh, it's a faster plane, mm. and uh, I spent many years learning how to fly it. Yeah, yeah I thought you had a helicopter Force. that instead of looking for parking, you would just keep the helicopter running and just How tie it to a pole. How did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I actually <laughs> looked up once, like, it's actually pretty cheap to park a helicopter here in Adelaide. It's like oh. $200 a day. Really? Yeah. Jesus. I don't know how it? I came across it. Oh, I don't know if that's factual. Don't take them. me for granted. It's like almost it. as cheap as the parking. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what we might do, I might pause it so that you can pack yeah. up and, oh, no, and then I'll keep going again. Yeah. <laughs> is this an actual like proper? yeah absolutely yeah you guys are so cool well he brought it in i've yeah i I'm, feel like dave is the kind of guy that would definitely have like a judge's gavel he had some story behind it as well but i don't remember exactly what it was something about it was crafted from an, a bigger gavel i don't know a piece of wood was used to be a tree. I don't know. Right. Was a piece of wood it used to be a tree? Yeah, Matt. it could. It what? used to be. Yeah. No way. A real tree. Wood was a tree. They, they used to have those. That's some life. <laughs> that's some old life altering shit. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Combat Podcast. It is Hollywood. Matt Connolly here with our special guest, Natalie Stone. Uh, Isabella has run off to do her punching people in the face routine. Uh, so we've got to continue on with Natalie. We are talking all things powerlifting. And uh, you are, you're sort of... Actually, let's go with the, the, the side of you. You've started your own business with your gym. Um, and it's been really trying in this time of the world with COVID mm. and, and all the rest of it with restrictions that you would have faced and people mm. that are getting uh, you know, shut down in isolation. <sighs> but you've, you've carried on through and you've made it a yeah. success. So I think like these are the times that we're learning to have to like really pivot as hard as we can as business owners, even just as personal trainers and coaches. Like, and this is very fitness specific orientated. Like obviously every single 
uh, industry has been impacted severely in some form, shape, shape or form over the last two years. Um, but fitness industry wise, we were the ones that were like constantly shut down and mm-hmm. hit. And it's like when I opened, I think like, what are we, 2022? So mm-hmm. like end of 2021, like looking at doing this, um, when we were in the middle of this, I went to my parents and I told them the ultimate goal because I was working a nine to five that was absolutely killing me mentally mm-hmm. and physically. It was just not healthy, had no way out. And the only way out was to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to my parents um, and we were in the middle of lockdown, mm-hmm. like the big one. And, and they didn't second guess. They were just like, that sounds like a great idea. So we started formulating a plan in the middle of lockdown for this. And so then... When it was the start of last year, um, I moved into one of the properties that we own and we set up the studio like at the front of my house. Mm-hmm. And it was like from there, I set a two-year goal to be able to get um, specialty powerlifting equipment, be able to deck it out with everything that I needed. So if anything ever happened again, I would be my training would be supported, mm-hmm. but also my clients would be supported in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, not everyone wants to be personally trained in a commercial gym as well. Some mm-hmm. people like that sort of private sort of thing. Yeah. But being even just like a small location, we were still affected. And it was like the the cleaning, the restrictions, it's just the mental strain that it has just like caused has been very interesting. Mm. Like it, everyone is tired. Like all my <laughs> clients are just tired yeah. and it's not – it's not tired from, you know, life and stuff like that. It's tired from this. And mm-hmm. so fitness is something that is just, you know, we need to be able to help elevate people up and, and help just like keep us going. And and more than ever, you know, we've spent the last, what, two years sitting on our couches watching Netflix and not moving. And I'm seeing, you know, my, you know, 20 to 25-year-old clients with bodies that can't move you know this mm-hmm. is the sort of thing you would be looking at with elderly people with their hip flexibility mm-hmm. and their lower back pain you know and and just like the way that they sit haunched and stuff and i'm just like our bodies have been put through the absolute ringer it's time to actually like live and breathe mm. so it's just like crazy interesting times at the moment and i think like it's taught us more resilience and I think we're going to come out of this stronger and same as like the powerlifting community the way that everyone's sort of banded together when the gyms closed and you know they leased out equipment to to their members and Mm -hmm. people shared equipment to other people if they didn't have any Mm -hmm. um it's like I was lucky at that time to have a little setup when I was still back at my parents um and I just remember thinking like how absolutely debilitating it would be to not be able to move your body and be stuck at home in an mm. apartment and so it's like it's now now that we have the ability to get out and move i really hope people are getting out and moving mm. and that's like now that we get to you know have big events like pro raw back we get to like go travel again yeah i'm excited to do that i haven't traveled in so long absolutely yeah yeah for sure no it's exciting it has been very frustrating the entire approach i don't want to get too much into trying to not be too political about it it's just just, not been fun yeah Yeah. but the entire way through it was almost like shucking and jiving the restrictions you know Mm. to get around because i wasn't going to stop training and i wasn't going to stop doing all the stuff that i Mm. do no matter what um and it was like you know they've put all these things in place okay how do i get around it like so you know and even like as as a as a business owner, we had a lot of things that we had to do. Otherwise we faced big, big ass fines and the pressures of that 
always were were looming and it was just like I just I would just never forget like having to have that conversation with someone who didn't want to check in and it was just like dude if you don't do that that's a four and a half thousand dollar fine if someone knocks on my door mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. there's like all these things that we had to deal with and I'm now in um and I have no like I don't hold back talking about therapy but I've started a great on a great program um a little bit of a plug for Beyond Blue. Mm. Um, it's uh, through New New Access or yeah, New Access. They are a mental health support group um, that are working with Beyond Blue, and it's a six week free mental health support program for cool. small business owners. Oh really? Yeah, and awesome. it's to help help small business owners overcome the stress and anxiety from COVID over wow. the last like two years. So wow. it's finally been a government supported initiative, which is you know nice of them to do mm. and so it's six weeks it's like 45 minutes per se- first session's an hour then the other five are f- uh, 45 minutes then they check in i think four weeks after then three week, three months after mm-hmm. so it's a great initiative to make sure that business owners are supported because like i work with people who are you know in aged care to small business owners and just hearing about how everyone has been affected it's like wow, we have so much healing as a community to do. Mm. And, yeah, so I encourage anyone listening to look up the Beyond Blue New Access uh, mental health support program for small business owners so then you can get the support needed to be able Mm. to climb out of this because it's like our minds are exhausted Mm. and, yes, it feels like the climb on the way out, but you have to be aware that there's that excitability of when you're about to overcome something Mm -hmm. that you can get that burnout. So it's really important to have that support. Mm. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And even, even, cause a lot of people sort of have a, a negative view of, of, um, you know, talk therapy or anything mm. like that. And they see it as like, oh, but it's just, I don't need help from it. It's like, yeah. it's not, it's not that you're going for help, but the, the fact that you're allocating time to talk about something, um, even if it's positive, like that you've been doing well, but you, you can still use that time to talk about some of the um, goals that you might have mm. or some of the things you're doing in the future or some of the challenges that you had to mm. overcome. It doesn't always have to be that it's like you've, you've in the worst part of your life and you've got to figure out a way out of it. It, mm. it. It's important to sort of say, okay, I'm allocating this time to go and focus solely for this hour to talk about this topic um, especially when somebody just gets on a roll and they start talking and then they mm. might sort of come up with ideas or strategies or thoughts that, that they would never have done if they had, you know, if they spent that hour doing whatever. Exactly. So it's almost like that meditation side of things where if it's like you force yourself to take that time and because you've allocated that period of time to that task, uh, it keeps you accountable to, to moving forwards with it mm. and, um, yeah, it's funny that people still have that stigma attached to it. It and does it's like have stigma. And it makes, like, vulnerability is strength. And a lot of the time, uh, like, over the last few years, like, I was told to not talk about what happened to me. Don't talk about your experiences. It's depressing, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is that when I started to <laughs> be more open about recovery from PTSD and, like, the work that I did with my therapist and even now, like, I still see her every now and then if I just need to just work out how to manage energies or emotions and stuff like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and like the conversation we had before about removing judgment mm-hmm. is something that she really practiced hard and i think it's like there's not enough enough people who are open to like actually opening their souls up to mm-hmm. that because it's a very confronting process it's not just like, like yes you're sitting and having a conversation but it takes five to ten sessions mm-hmm. and you know 
with the and so I understand that it's you know expensive, but you know mental health care plans are there. There's great access for mental health support because once you can start consolidating your thought patterns and try and learn how to slow your mind when it starts racing from anxiety, it becomes a real good strength tool in like not just in life but like in training and being able to assess you know how you're feeling to how your clients are feeling and understanding how your brain actually works and why you're feeling the way you're feeling Mm -hmm. and looking at it from going instead of just going be positive mindset that sort of thing it's like but what are the foundational things that build that up like what's actually underneath that Mm -hmm. to hold you there so it's really interesting I kind of like I kind of use that like in training as well of going if I'm having a really bad not a a great day and I'm my thoughts are racing and stuff like that that's when you just sit down and you do something meditative so that Mm. you can kind of work through it Mm. um I'm a massive massive believer and promoter of like all things mental health Mm. support like that and it's just if someone says that it's not not worth it or if it's a joke blah 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 they've just got like I've said unhealed you know things mm-hmm. that are within themselves so yeah so yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's always like it's that, that opportunity is presented to somebody and they choose not to take it then that's on them it's mm-hmm. like because there is benefits to you know that 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 they can get and if they're like oh no it's it's uh, it's crap you know it's like well if you're choosing to yeah. ignore it and choosing not to use that tool then don't be judgmental of other people that do use that tool. Yeah, it's really interesting, like, because we live in a very social media-based world. Like, I think more than ever people are online now. Mm. And just the flippant comments that just come from people. Mm. And it's just people speak before thinking, like, on that because no one's there to actually hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, there was a coach once that talked a little bit of shit about me in his Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And I knew he did because people would send them to me. And I'd be wow. like, that's not very nice. Mm-hmm. And his language was always very negative towards mental health. And I just went up to him one day at a competition and I just straight up asked him with my phone in my hand and said, is this about me? And he just didn't know what to do or say. Mm-hmm. And and then I was like, why did you say that? He's like, oh, I'm like, you know what, man? It was actually really rude because I look after you. Like, I really respect you and look up to you. And, like, the way that social media has been used is, like, this, like, sort of barraging tool to, like, mock people and stuff like that and mm. vibe. And, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of power. Like, yeah, they're behind their phone at that point. But when you can actually go up to someone and be like, yo, hi, like, you actually say yeah. things to my face like that? Like, yeah. no? <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The, the it's, it was such an empowering experience. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily for me, I mean, I'm – a bit older than you are, but it's like I've been fifty years. Yeah, <laughs> fifty years older. Yeah, <laughs> no, but when the internet first sort of came around, mm. like I was part of that, I guess. And wow. you know, uh, seeing chat rooms and and having experienced seeing what uh, it's like as an uh, you know communicating with people via the internet. Mm. Um, and then having done that for so you know, I don't know how long it's been around since. Well, I guess commercially, like you know, like MSN or chats are now like Instagram and Facebook. And exactly. Like yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember ICQ? Did you have that? No, I had MySpace. Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yahoo, Excite chat rooms. Oh, anyway. we're going right back. Anyway, but but seeing the um, the way that people act on there, and now through experience, just being able to quickly identify and understand that that's a completely different world of 
personality that that the person whoever is writing that they're right it's like a character it's like a it's like a performance it's like they are performing a, a character that that they would never say <sighs> that act like, like that look like that do those things yeah. if you were actually hanging out with them in and real like life. that's why social media is cr- is really interesting space because like there are people that i've met through like instagram and stuff like that and then i've met a real life at meets and i'm like wow you are nothing like who you like yeah. you are projecting on the internet exactly and that's why like when people be like i am my authentic self it's like i think from day one i've just been really like just straight up brutally honest about mm. everything that's mm. happened and through that honesty it's like you can't hide from that like there's no way you can mm-hmm. and it's like as yeah it, it, it's it's this weird sort of surreal world that people have built up with instagram and all that sort of thing but mm. like if someone was to come in and have a PT session with me, I want them to be able to be like, oh, that's that's Nat, the same person that's mm. posting, watching Gossip Girl, mm. you know, like, you know, that sort of thing. And it's like I want to make sure that there's no, like, veil or something like right. that, that I'm honest. Like, that's why I talk about, you know, like, on socials, it'll it, one day I might be posting about my dog, but my next day I might be talking about mental health. Mm. It's like... I'm very open and honest about things so then there's nothing misconstrued and then it's like when someone meets you in real life, it's Mm. like they know what you're actually like Mm. because like as a personal trainer, it's like there's a lot of people that in the past that I've kind of looked at working with and then they've crossed my way and I'm like, wow, you as a human being, I don't vibe. Mm. So Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important for people to to understand that the internet world is – not reality. Instagram reels, like highlight reels, like seeing those Instagram booty workouts and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Like you're seeing like two reps. It's like watching TV. Yeah. It's weird. It's like watching a character on TV. Mm. That's what you've got to approach it with. And if somebody mm. has created a brand or whatever with this personality, and da, 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 you have to recognize that's not them. That's a performance. That They're doing those things to put it out there to have a character that's, you know, and, and even if, in a way they're being authentic like the majority of the time because they've got uh, a viewing audience or they've, they've, they've framed their behaviour in a way that it's going to go out uh, for people to see. It's not going to be them actually as they naturally are. So yeah. when you meet somebody, they're not going to be acting like, you know, this crazy person or whatever. Or what even, mm. if, even if they're like, you'll have a good sense of who they are, but they're not going to be exactly the same. And I think that's important for people to understand that it's like if you – like somebody or you respect somebody or you're inspired by somebody that's fantastic but that person in the real world is not that person you're watching oh yeah i had that especially doing like the professional photography side of things like when like working with either um athletes for like just general photography or like business owners and brand owners and stuff like that and i was shooting for someone that i really looked up to and i aspired to be like and it was a very soul-crushing experience because oh. I was like, holy, you know, like this person, it's just fake. And yep. then <laughs> I went and worked with someone who was exactly how they are on social media. Yep. It was like great. It was a great shoot. Yeah. So it's like um, it's really interesting. It's just like social – like now that we're coming back into the real world and stuff like that, this is why like powerlifting is so dope is like when you're putting your training videos and stuff up, there's nothing glamorous about squatting heavy, lifting heavy. You know, it's not about angling the Bulgarian split squats. <laughs> so then the padded leggings, like the fact that women feel that need to pad their clothing for an Instagram video. It's like, <laughs> I, it, 
It's shocking. Like, uh, like no judgment on this woman, but I was at, at the gym the other day mm-hmm. and she had padding in her leggings. Wow. And I was like, honey, you look great as you are. Yeah. Like, like the fact that she felt she needed to do that to feel confidence or whatever she needed to mm. do. I was just like the fact that we got to rely on that. And I get, it comes from like, you know, when airbrushing started happening, you mm. know, in mm. Photoshop and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, um, I, th- <laughs> I think in a way that there has to be some accountability on the person that's being inspired by images mm. online to realize that this is not, what that person looks it's, like it's like to fit in with this group but it's like like a, we were talking about with isabella before about like fitting in and mm-hmm. stuff like that who is around your energy or that sort of mm-hmm. thing and it's like that ability to just be like yo i'm actually like super chill with who i am i don't need to like change who i am to wow. fit into a, a instagram bracket you yeah. know into yeah, an instagram exactly. hatched hashtag that is like you know ruling the roosts that's right so yeah yeah this yeah. industry has like obviously you've been in it longer than me like, it was an interesting place when I first started. Mm-hmm. It's an even more interesting place now that we're there. And it's like, I think it's kind of cool how powerlifting is really taking off now on social media. Mm. But some people really make it look really glamorous. It's mm-hmm. like, it is not a glamorous <laughs> sport when you get to there on comp day. And you're yeah, covered that's in, right. You're covered in everything. Yeah, so, yeah. that's right. <laughs> it, is, it is fun. And I was talking about somebody, uh, sorry, I was talking about this with somebody this morning um, about the difference in culture I've noticed over 21 years I've been in the gym and when I was uh, first started training it was there was no women in the gym (laughs) or maybe there was one you know it was very much a male thing Um, not that that was bad but that's just how it was Yeah. Uh, in the weights room and then the the women would be on the cardio or doing the group fitness and that was that was how it sort of structured Um, and then over time it um, see it, more and more girls getting into lifting weights and getting into resistance training and like fantastic, I love it. And um, I get excited when you know mm. somebody who's telling me about their program or about this or they you know trying to hit a hundred kilo deadlift or something like that. And it's like you know for me just talking to them, it's like oh that's cool, mm. you know. Um, and seeing that evolution of the gym culture now. And when you go like say we, I went to the gym now, um, it'd probably be half a half. Um, I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed a shift. Yeah. And it's a great shift. Absolutely. Like one of my clients uh, I met up at Derriman's, like I was squatting and she was like, I don't mean to uh, like make this weird or anything, but she's like, that is so cool. <laughs> and I was like, that's all right. And then my girlfriend's like, she's a PT. And I was like, thanks. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't really like plug in. And um, yeah, now she's like a dedicated athlete, like, dedicated lifter and she you know she's transformed herself mentally and she's seeing the physical changes and she has the confidence in the gym and we've been working through different confidence stages of when someone kind of just like hides at certain points of the weights room and stuff like that now she just fucking walks in there and owns it yeah and it's really cool seeing that transformation of women like even like when i first started um in the gym years and years ago like i wasted a year membership at a Globo gym because mm-hmm. um, I went on the treadmill two or three times because the PT that I got in my sign-up package was shameful. Wow. <laughs> and so right. yeah. it's just like the culture is it's fine. It, it's finally shifting mm-hmm. and, you know, coaches with my body type are actually like being more accepted and it's mm-hmm. nice because it's like, like I say, it's what you do. 
that defines you, not how you look. Mm-hmm. And it's like skill set and time and experience within the sport. So the fact that now like I'm stepping up into like pro raw territory, mm-hmm. it's like it's a really exciting time for me as a lifter and like as a coach, but also like to go there are so many women now in the sport that they get dedicated days to, you know, lifts and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it it's 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 dramatically grown. It's been like I'm glad that powerlifting is becoming and weightlifting is becoming more mainstream and mm. more accepted because like it is so empowering. I, I love it. I think it's so cool. Like I love the fact that I mean the the one that I'm working at at the moment. You know, you've got your ladies only area, mm. and they've deliberately done this. But I don't know if anyone has sort of picked this up. But <laughs> there, there's it. certain machines that are not in there deliberately that are out on the main floor to encourage people to when they feel that they've sort of got to a point where i would like to do that exercise well that is not in this room you have Mm. to come out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like i I love seeing you know say say somebody's joined up and they they might be a little little bit intimidated when they first join to the gym um and you know that ladies only area is it serves such a great purpose because it's like well you know if you feel comfortable just training here and learn the ropes and you can stay in here forever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you want to use these other more advanced yeah. pieces of equipment, um, you will have to start moving out onto the main floor. Uh, and I love seeing when somebody has started and, you know, maybe for the first few months they've, they've spent their time in the ladies only and then gradually they start. And then eventually the you see yeah. them, you know, full time just out on the main yeah. floor. And it's like, yes, you've, you know, that is not, not that it's like, not that it's like, are oh, you, that there's anything negative to training in the ladies' gym, but it's just like I see that it you've progressed your training yep. to a point where you need to come out here and use these pieces of equipment that are deliberately not in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like you've achieved something. Like you go, it's like oh, you've achieved and you've gotten and to, and you've gotten into this thing, and it's become something that you're like you're excited to do. And that's the thing is like people are finding the confidence to be able to step up and out. And the thing is like you need you you grow outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like comfort like some people be like, get outside your comfort zone. But your com- your comfort zone really actually grows ar- around you as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you go into the gym, a lot of women feel like they're looked at or they're judged and stuff like that. And you know what? Most of the time someone's watching you because they wish you they had the co- same confidence as you to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like I had a guy come up to me when I was deadlifting there just a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, he was constantly looking at me and I couldn't understand why. And he was like, I wish I could deadlift like that. And I was like, yo, like, if you want to just like spend five minutes with me, I'm going to just show you some stuff. Yeah. And, um, and it's just like, sometimes people are watching because they don't know how to approach you. Mm. They don't know how to say hello. Like we've just spent two years in our houses. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like being able to, to go, you know what? That person looks like they want to say something. I'm going to go say it for them so it can help them. Yeah. And so it's just this like, there's, there's this like, it's admiration. I feel like that when people are looking at each other, obviously you get your gym creeps. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. They mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but I completely agree with you with like, cause you know, training up there and it's like being able to see the transformation from certain like members that become friends. Like mm-hmm. I've got a couple of ladies that I've met in that section that when I'll, I'll be like on the main floor or something in the leg press, I'll see them doing like the hack squat on the main floor. I'm like, yes, they're yeah. not in there. Like they're just owning it. Exactly, they're yeah. just walking around with confidence and stuff. And it's like the fear of gyms and stuff. And, and I feel like social media in a positive way is really helping with that is that mm. it's helping women step up mm. and step out and, 
it is really cool to be able to walk in there at any kind of given time of the day and there's still still ladies in there lifting yeah, and they're so deadlifting cool. they're squatting yeah, they're benching yeah. and i'm like they're not just like hip thrusting and shit yeah. I'm like fuck yes exactly you yeah know? they're doing curls they're doing um yeah bench press shoulder presses upright yeah. rows like all sorts of things and yeah. it's like oh this is so cool um i, I get excited and you can tell now but like <laughs> when when somebody's like you know wanting to oh, i don't know I, i'm just i'm thinking of one one girl in particular at the moment that had always trained in the ladies gym mm. and then um I was talk- we were talking about training shoulders. I said, well, have you used this machine just here? It's right by the desk. Um, oh, no, I never really train out in this bit. Oh, do you want to show you how to do it? Yeah, cool. And I just sort of quickly showed. And then I said, oh, and this one's actually quite good as well. And then this one. And then I was like, I'm, I'm getting yeah. excited here. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, if you do. She's like, no, that's cool. I want to know how these, these things work. I'm like, yeah, cool. And then so I showed it like maybe eight machines. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then of course like, you did. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then um, – like over the next couple of weeks, she kept coming out to use those ones, which is awesome. And then now she's like more training out in the main floor because she knows what the equipment is and how to use it and finds that, yeah, there is a lot of benefit from using these machines that are not in the ladies' area. Yeah. Um, it limits people a lot. It does. They do. Yeah. They get afraid of the, the fear of judgment and the fear of what if and the fear of the un- unknown. It's like... It's like if you just go, what if it works out? Instead of thinking of the all the negatives that could happen, mm-hmm. um, it'll be okay. So it's like a hypothetical worry. Like this is what I'm I'm doing with my the business psychology mm-hmm. at the moment is hypothetical worry, practical worry. Like what a what a what a what is real and what is just like just a nervous projection, and it's like that sort of stuff just sucks your energy. So if you just go, what if it works out? So fucking what if it doesn't? At least I tried. How do I fix it? If mm. it does, do I just keep like? How do I pivot? And mm. that's the thing. Like I like the w- I love the word pivot. <laughs> at the moment, is my jam, and God. it's just like it just reminds me of that Friends episode with Ross. I've never seen Friends. God. Oh no, I know what you're talking. <laughs> no, the fact I've never seen Friends, <laughs> never seen Friends, and I know what you need the, the pivot, pivot. Of the couch. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. That's all I can think of when you say that. The fact I knew a friend's reference. <laughs> that's going to ruin it for you now. I know. <laughs> Smack the gavel. But that's the thing is like we've had to become a little bit more, a little bit more like smarter in training. But I think like people really realized the importance of training in the gym and, and connectivity like within like just movement mm-hmm. um, when we had those lockdowns. And I'll never forget when we reopened, like everyone being like, it is so nice to be like in mm. the gym again and everyone's saying hello and like yeah the the vibe of community in a gym is really really important absolutely so like as much as like i train at home like in my studio like i also like head out to other gyms and stuff like that hang out with my friends mm-hmm. because it's so important to also just have that like social connectivity as well and it's like when we go to melbourne um shout out to this crew aries strength mm-hmm. so aries is a powerlifting strength gym in melbourne mm-hmm. it's run by matthew um matt prokat he is a he's a pro or powerlifter he's a great coach um actually when i head over there next uh, not next week in two weeks time i'm slightly joining their, their crew a little bit okay. so they're a very welcoming and lovely team and it's like i look at the communities that we've got here in adelaide then i look at the communities that are over in melbourne and just how like just how beautiful it is to watch people cheer each other on and Mm -hmm. like the Aries team is just amazing in how they just champion each other and champion like anything that someone does it doesn't matter what they're lifting is that don't don't matter how long they've been there how much weight they're lifting it's the fact they're doing it they cheer them on and it's just 
It's so cool. And it's yeah. like, I've got photos printed in there too. So like, I'm, oh, really? when I go there, I hope I have time. Um, Matt bought some shots and had them printed on massive banners and mm. hanging in his gym. Mm. And I'm just like, it's just so cool. Yeah. So. But it is, it is important when you were talking about culture there. And I see it all the time with, like, with the gym is like a positive environment from what I see and what I feel. People are there to, to achieve goals. They're, they're choosing their, to come there and, and spend their time there. Like they've paid actually to, to come there. Um, most of those people are disciplined, working hard, uh, trying to achieve something. And because it's like you're the person that's doing the work and you're the one that gets the results, like there's no real competition. Like you're not directly comp- competing with anybody else in the gym. It's all about what you're doing and, you know, so it's not that you're there to outlift everybody or to intimidate people or to, you know, try to get an ego boost or whatever. It's well, it shouldn't be anyway. Mm. Um, so I find that the people that are there, and, and this isn't indicative of every gym, but uh, when you get a good group of people that are friendly to each other, you, you find that their results like go up so fast oh, yeah. because it's like they enjoy their time at the gym. It's they like, like coming there and it's like, you know, if, if they have that camaraderie and it's like they look forward to getting there and it's like they walk in, they're like, hey, you, hey, what are you trying, doing legs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, can you give me a spot with that? Mm. And it's like this real click, you know, and mm. it's like, what time are you going to be here tomorrow? I'll be in at three. Okay, well, I'll probably I be in at I love that. Yeah, so I love cool. that. And that's like, that's what makes powerlifting so fucking great. It's like tomorrow, um, like over the next two weeks, next week, mm. oh my God, mm. the next nine days, I'm testing <laughs> the final lifts. And mm-hmm. it's like the final days are the days you have people around you who like get your level. They'll switch you into gear and stuff like that. So I've teed up the next week, the not like the last week of um, this prep to get everything pretty much ready to go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're going to make sure that you have like that, the people there that when you walk in, that those are the kind of guys that are mm. around you. Mm. And so I'm heading out to 618 Barbell, um, which is where I originally started training in, but I needed to take a break. So then I could open the studio and kind of mind mindfulness myself through mm-hmm. that yeah. 12 months. Yeah. But I'm heading back up to uh, home turf to, to test. And it's kind of a really kind of surreal, really cool moment because like I started my real powerlifting journey there mm. and then to be solidifying my final lifts for like pro raw there is kind of <laughs> like, I'm like, man, this is just so, it is so cool. Mm-hmm. This is why having goals is so important guys. Yeah. Because then you get to look back and you're <laughs> like, man, I remember like five years ago I stepped into doing this. Yeah. Like, and now it's here. You're like, wow, five years. So it's an emotional roller coaster like, oh, the whole absolutely. time. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, the people supporting you and uh, who are around oh, you can I make can't, such and a like, difference. Just like the way you and Dave and like Izzy, like the way you guys have championed me and just like had me on the show to talk. Like I appreciate it. It's great. Because like that first podcast had such an intense reaction mm-hmm. from people like people I've never met before coming up to me in the gym talking to me about it and oh, right. and thanking, thanking me for that honesty. And I was like – wow, like it was a really, really powerful experience. And it's, um, it just goes to show like, like what we say is so important because someone out there is listening and it can make or break them. Mm-hmm. And you obviously want to make them. And so it's like, it's like for people who are listening to know that even though you can have that, have the hardest sort of adverse face that adversity, if you are relentlessly just like 
in it and focused in pursuit of good in your day mm-hmm. and just pursue that every single fucking day and just do one thing, no matter how big or small, you can change your life. Mm. And just like you can go and shift everything. It's not going to happen overnight. That's like the hard truth is that you're probably going to be waiting, you know, not waiting, you're going to be working for like, you know, six, 12, five years to be mm. able to be here. And it's like, it's a really really intense and it makes you intense as a person as Mm -hmm. well Mm. it makes you intense because you've gone through so much that you don't want others to to fall through so you that's why i run the business i do and how i do what i do because Mm. it's like the last thing i ever want is to to have experience like have other people you know have to go through that shit so if i can give people the tools for strength and independence maybe they won't so yeah Mm. it's it's like it's a very it's a very interesting sort of life <laughs> to, mm. to live. And it's like people step into personal training and coaching thinking, you know, it's pretty easy. And I, I train coaches as well. Mm-hmm. I PT coaches. And um, someone once said to me, and I don't train this person anymore. Um, they said to me that, oh, it's easy money. <laughs> and I remember I stopped the session. Mm-hmm. I literally, like, I write her benching and I write it back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really offensive. It's not easy money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these people look up to you. These people are coming to you and trust you. Mm-hmm. That is the shittest fucking <laughs> Like, I was just brutal because yeah, I was yeah. like, if you are looking at people like a dollar sign, you don't respect them right. and their goals. They're coming to you to trust you. And yeah. I was just like, man, well, like, there's just some people out there that just take advantage. And so mm-hmm. I make promises every single day and affirmations when I wake up and mm-hmm. be like, this is the sort of trainer that I'm working to be in, like athlete or like business coach, all of those sorts of things mm-hmm. to make sure that I keep myself grounded. So it's like my head never goes off into that space. Cause it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, those people just, it was, they it just was burn out so quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. And it's like, if you're doing this just to make money, then you're going to fail because it's not about money. It's, it's about personal, it's called personal training. Exactly. For a yeah, exactly. I remember, yeah, similar thing. One of the people that was working, one of the gyms that I've worked at over the years. Um, when when they had started as a personal trainer, they said something in the first conversation I had with them. The what they said they said this, and I knew when they said this instantly they're not going to last. And they said, "Oh yeah, you know, it's mostly about just counting reps anyway." And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you are not going to be here long." And they weren't. They were three the three months they like, were out. I think one of the most in. Like for me as a tra- like I've been doing this for a while, but I recently helped a woman walk again. So she oh, came wow. to me. She she woke up last year unable to get out of bed. So mm. it's like imagine chronic fatigue, but times a thousand. Um, she went from being active every single day to not being out even lift her arms. And when she came to me, she couldn't even walk up to the studio with her walking frame, and she was exhausted. Um, training was like we, we couldn't lay her down so she had to be on a, like an incline the whole time and we used like the 0.5 kilo plates like the fraction plates mm. that's how we started and her goal was to walk down the aisle and uh-huh. I thought to myself I am going to give this person every single shred of my being to get that person there because I could see how much they wanted it mm-hmm. but also how hurt they were from this experience that they were going through that they never asked for mm-hmm. and it's like she showed up twice a week for her sessions, never missed a beat. And it was like she went from that 0.5 kilo tiny little plate mm-hmm. to doing incline barbell with the 15 kilo bar wow. and being able to then like, you know, not being able to walk. Um, we used like trap bar on blocks and just like we managed to get her deadlifting 
to build that strength and she walked down the aisle and I've never in my life felt more connected to a path and to a person and to an, an entire process than seeing someone who couldn't even like fucking get out of bed mm-hmm. to walking down the aisle unassisted. It was just, it's just absolutely incredible. So when people say that, when you have trainers say that, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, you're missing out on a beautiful fucking world yeah. with that. Yeah, and they don't last. No, they don't last. They're in and out. And I just hope that they don't, they don't, have clients come to them that trust them with that and then they break them. Because oh, <laughs> I've, I've had that. I've had I've had people come to me who've had very interesting trainers. Mm, yeah, well, that's one of the things that really frustrated me with the fitness industry is like when I first started, it was that there was a fitness instructor. That's the job I used to do, was fitness fitness instructor. And you'd work on the floor in the gym and you were there, say your shift was eight hours and – you would be helping people, you were spotting people, talking to people, um, and then when somebody new had signed up and wanted a program, great, and you would show them how to use all the machines, you'd write a program for them, da, da, da. and it was awesome. It was a good position, and it worked really well for the members. And then gym like, businesses changed, and they were like, okay, we're not having that position anymore. Um, you have to pay us to work here. Oh yeah, you know, and it's like oh, you can train clients as many clients as you like using our equipment, but you've got to pay us three hundred dollars a week, and it's like what? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's not what I wanted to do. Um, and you see this difference in the way that gyms went; they went way money focused and money hungry, and it makes PTs money focused, money yeah. hungry because yeah. they got to make that four hundred. $400 that's a week right. rent. That's right. And they're pushy and they were sales you know, based uh, as opposed to school orientated. And it wasn't about whether you were a good trainer. It was about getting people in the door and signing them up to your program um, before the eight other trainers got hold of them. Uh, and gyms especially would be pushing this, oh, when you sign up, give us – 10 people's phone numbers and you know we'll ring them and try to get them to sign up as well and it was like i don't want you ringing my friends like that you know and oh we've got a competition running to win a bike all you got to do to enter is give us 20 phone numbers of people (laughs) yeah so weird the way that like i'm glad like marketing is everyone like oh my goodness this is one thing matthew (laughs) so like there's the rise of the business coach that is currently happening the rise of the business mentor and I am not exaggerating. I had over, and I'm being very gender specific, over 30 white straight men <laughs> add me on Facebook, sending me the same single DM script, uh. all of them the same. And I was just like, I've been collecting them. And there's been um, there's been quite a few that I haven't actually replied to, but they still send me messages. I'm like, uh. guys, my name is Nat, like very, like it says Natalie up there. Yeah, yeah. And somehow one guy managed to completely butcher it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but it's like... It's it's it, the saturation in the market, and that's like that's the thing is like you got to get to that client before the eight other PTs do. But the yeah, thing yeah. is, the person comes to the person, and you got to connect, and and you can't force a connection; it has to happen naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'll just never forget when I didn't respond to one guy, and then he made my phone ring one afternoon, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, you know, you just you just weren't messaging me back on Facebook." I was like, "Yeah, dude." You make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, and, and I said to him how, like, I tried to educate him. He's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, yeah, it's actually really inappropriate. Yeah. Like, they ask you, like, how much money you're making, like, where your business is at, and it's just very invasive questions. Mm. I'm like, 
Who, who are you? I've never even met you before. I don't even know who you are, like, bro. Like, like Brad. Like, oh, hey. Fucking like, <laughs> 12 <laughs> messages from Brad. Right. And it's just like, man. Like, it's like the industry has lost integrity almost. Mm. And it's like instead of actually um, trying to, like, just be honest about skills and stuff like that, it's like they just fucking roast each other in social media posts and see who can, like, shoot the biggest bullet and who has the biggest mm. dick. And I'm just like, mm. why not just be yourselves and yeah. be humble and just be – be honest about the journey that a person's is about to go on mm. and stop harping on about crap. Yeah. And that's my TED talk for today. Yeah. Well, it's like with personal training, for me, it was always, like my goal was always to, if somebody was brand new to training, it was like, well, I want, I want you to get to a point where you are now able to do everything. You don't need me anymore. Exactly. It's like uh, you you understand the fundamentals um, and you can go more in depth if you want to, but if you understand how all the machines work, how, what muscles it does, nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, and you're at a point now where, okay, I get, I get it, I know how to do that, and it's mm. like, great, I, I'm glad I got you to this point. Um, so now you can go and do that by yourself. <laughs> um, whereas a lot of other, well, it seems to be the industry is, you've got to keep that person, keep them paying you because otherwise you you're going to be losing money because you're going to mm. pay three hundred dollars a week to the gym to work there. Mm. Um, so you you know. You, you don't ever want to lose that client. And it's great how I have my one-on-one clients turn into online clients because they've got the comp- – like I've got um, – I've got these – I've got a group of girls that they started with me and they were all PT. Like they just – they did not want to step into a gym and now they're all one-on-one um, – like online clients and they come in for one-on-ones every now and then. Mm-hmm. But it's like – our job as a trainer is to give confidence to people, to empower people, not take it away. Yeah. And I'll just never forget, like my first ever personal trainer was at a Globo gym for that. No idea who he was. Um, and I just remembered him sticking me on a treadmill and him saying to me that I that's where I belonged. And I was like, I wish I, I like some somewhere, because I haven't really changed my email address. Oh my I'm going to fucking try and find that fucking guy and just be like, yo, dude, you fired me up for the last 10 years. Thank you. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just. Um, that's so funny. It's, 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 <laughs> I was just like, fuck. He, he just typical, just standard judgmental. Yeah. PT human that we just don't have no buy. idea no idea what no he's doing idea. Yeah, and yeah. it's like it's it's just so important it's like we see it at powerlifting meets um i guess like when you have novice to like very experienced coaches and stuff like that mm-hmm. it comes down to even knowing what kind of like a pair of shoes you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. like understanding like you're gonna have way too much ankle ankle flexion if you're wearing sand shoes so you know best is a flat shoe so it's like you Little things like this, you just learn over time and experience wow. through competing and and being in the sport. But like when you <laughs> when you have to deal with that sort of stuff, where like, you have you know a client who says to you, clients people are easy money, but then you have a client come to you who has been damaged by someone like that. Mm-hmm. It's like you see both ends of the spectrum, and you're like, whoa, okay, something's got to be like something's going to be done to try and help this. And now that you know we're back and moving and and training. Like it, I hope that um, people see the light and invest in good good coaches. And yeah, not just like rely on Instagram. Instagram fit reels. They are. <laughs> they're not going to get you anywhere. No, that's right. The thing that frustrated me, and this is why I stopped doing PT. Um, apart from the way that the industry had changed, and I was like, that's just so stupid to have to pay to work. <laughs> anyway, but um, when you give a lot of time and effort to someone. And I, I'm 
sort of I when I get excited and I, when I was talking before about you know training, I was like, yeah, mm. I love training. That's what I do. That's my passion thing. It's like my number one thing, and that's why I've done it for so long. Um, and it, when somebody else is like, they come to you and they're like, hey, I want to lose weight, and you're like, okay, great. Well, I know how to you know let's do this and, and get excited and then write this ideas and explain how do these things work and you know they, they train for that session and then they just never come back. And it was like, or they oh, don't yeah. do the things that, you know, and it was like, it there just it just element. used to frustrate me. And it was like, I've wasted, I just wasted all that time and energy into somebody. There is that element. And that's why it's really important to learn to be present, but be separate. Mm. So that, that's something that like, like I get really emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't not because to be able to understand someone's journey, I need to, like, I need to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's like, when you're when you're working with people one on one like that, and like you said, like sometimes they just they just disappear. Yeah. Um, and that does happen. Like everyone's experienced it, and it's just like they don't think about the other end. And it's like some, and that's the other end as a personal trainer and as a business owner, and just in general, what you need to do is that you have to think that it's not you, it's them. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you separate yourself from that emotionally, mm-hmm. like be present in that moment with them. But if something just doesn't work out or extra, et cetera, it's like you have to be emotionally intelligent enough to be able to formulate the thought patterns to be able to support that. Yeah. So it's like, it's like for me, I used to be a lot like that. I'd be like, Oh fuck, you know, but now it's like, I hope I've helped him enough in your journey mm-hmm. that I've given you the confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's like with you, like you are so like passionately like there with it. Like you want to be fucking arm wrestling in the car park. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's like 5am. What? But like, that's the thing is like, not everyone is as passionate as us. Right. And it's like, some people just don't get it and they're yeah. not on that vibe. And that's okay because they've not had that sort of push. And it's like, I look at like, like we've talked about Daniel and Bailey before, yeah. you know, like, like, look at her she is still fucking killing the game mm-hmm. you know why it's consistency mm-hmm. and it's like the last you know 10 12 years that they've been in the industry and they've been industry leaders it's like that's why they are where they are as business owners as well like i ordered i wanted to order some stuff from this is why customer service is really important mm-hmm. i wanted to order from run everything labs their subs because i've been using them for like five years non-stop mm-hmm. And I went to go to the shipping checkout because I relaunched, rebranded, loved the idea of everything they had and shipping was 90 bucks. Wow. And I was like, what? Like uh, that was US. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was about $112 Australian. And uh, as, I was, this is supplements, is it? Yeah, this is for right. subs. So if I wanted to order a fucking pre-workout pen, it was yeah. going to cost like 180 bucks for a wow. time. Yeah, it was nuts. That doesn't make any sense. And okay, yeah. It, it's because of, long story short, by what I've been able to gather from them, is uh, the U.S. Postal hasn't opened up fully to Australia Post and our services because of COVID. Wow. So there's a lot of things. Because, like, shipping-wise, I was talking with a sub sponsor and he was saying that it used to cost them, like, say, $9,000 per shipping container. It costs them $19,000 now. And it's like you've seen a 100% increase on things and rates and stuff like that. And Mm. so, yes, the price of living is going up, but, like, the price of just, like, everything is and so it's just trying to in these times go i'm just going to support the honest i'm going to just like you know what if it cost me 90 bucks or something like that to be able to get something here like i worked with them Mm -hmm. like like, i've been working with them to get stuff over Mm. but it's like it's really it's really important to support people who support you yeah and like 
and the genuine will always be around you no matter what. Mm. And it's been like when we had the COVID, like the big lockdowns or like when you move, like for example, if you're a personal trainer and you're moving gyms and you're moving from one gym to the next across town, blah, 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 you you get to see loyalty mm-hmm. and it's a really beautiful thing because I've had clients follow me, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, like four or five times. I haven't really been in that many gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've, they've followed me from day one, which is really fucking sick. Mm. And it's like, it's like when, it, it, that's why you got to look at people as more, as more than just a dollar sign. They become a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, like clients that I don't have anymore as clients and they're really fucking close friends. Mm. And yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And when I think about how cool it is that like I've moved my business I think I moved, I've only been in like three gyms business wise. Mm. Um, but the fact that I've been able to move my business across town um, successfully and open up where I'm at. But then also I have clients that, I have a girl that she takes a bus, she, t- she takes a bus and then an Uber to get to me. Wow. Yeah. That's commitment. It is. <laughs> and so I'll, I'm like, I'm like, it, it, I didn't know that she was doing that yeah. for the first 10 or so weeks we were working together. Right. She's like, oh, do you mind if I wait inside for the Uber? I was like, oh. Oh wait, you don't drive? Mm. And she's like, no, I didn't even know. And I was like, holy fuck, dude! People believe in me. I got to make sure that I show the fuck up every mm. day and just like, just like be this. And exactly. it's like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why sure. the message, like I say, the message you put out is so important because mm. people really look up to you. Mm. And so to the person, I won't name you, that said that I never go to Pro Raw. Thank you because that drove me <laughs> to fucking Pro Raw. Yeah, exactly. And that's like yeah. uh, you know Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker. Um, well, anyway, yeah, he, he was, um, similar situation. Uh, somebody told him, um, cause he was trying to get his high school degree after going back. Um, and they go, well, you don't know how to read or write well enough to be able to get a high school degree. And he goes, thank you. He goes, you're the first person I call when I get it. Oh, <laughs> so good. And he was, he was like, yeah, and I got it. And I rang him and I was like, guess what? <laughs> I love that. And I love that because like, that's just their own projection of insecurity and that's okay. And I accept that. And it's like it's why if someone ever says to me they call, it's like obviously if it's dangerous, I'll be like, yo, that sounds a little bit nuts. Mm-hmm. Like maybe chill it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You might die. If it's that sort of like thing. But like if, if someone has a goal, I'm going to champion them through it. Yeah. And it's like especially like being a sole trader like as a business owner, it's like if someone says to me, I want to run my own business, it's like sweet. So I haven't actually launched it, but I do business coaching on the side with mm-hmm. PTs. I've got four clients sitting in a business um, um, that I haven't e- pillar that I haven't even launched yet is crazy cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but this lady, she's recently launched her business, and she had fifteen out of fifteen people sign up on the first day, mm. and she's had thirty-one out of forty spots sold wow, in that's the first amazing. week. And that's they've awesome. all dedicated to. I think it was we we were really strict. It was like five or ten, pa- ten five week and ten week packages mm. sold out. Awesome. And I was just like, and it was just like, you just have to believe. Mm. I said, you have to believe in the message and you can't go, oh, maybe not. It's like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Exactly. So yeah. she just she just went and listened and she did the work and she's like, Nat, oh my God, this happened. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And well, like, that's why wins. I love wins. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What we were talking about before with, um, you know, when you give your time to people and then they, they quit or they don't come back and you've got to sort of protect yourself against being too invested with people when they first start. It's like a breakup. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, it's sort of like you've got to be cautious with the energy that you give and it's sort of like you've got to prove yourself in a way to 
to well, not to me, but in in that in that realm, it's like you know, be gracious. Yeah, it's sort of like okay, well, I have this level of knowledge, that, this deep level of knowledge that I'm not going to reveal to you until you sort of prove to me that you're uh, going to commit to this point, mm. um, and whether or not it's you know, and that's not that's not talking about just the gym it's maybe about some other topics or whatever but it's oh, like even in friendships as well like exactly. you have to protect your heart like that is so fair enough yeah you know? and it's sort of like you don't want and it's and it can be hard when it's like a passionate topic that you're excited mm. about you're interested in, and you think oh this person's going to be as excited about it as me oh, and then yeah. you know but i just remember uh, greg jackson who is an mma coach from um jackson wink uh um in albuquerque and they run their mma gym uh and they've got some of the world champion fighters from that gym um most world champion fighters are from their gym but he was saying like to get to that point where he was training world champions he's like you're gonna have to run that beginner's class like a million times where you're teaching how to throw a jab how to throw a straight to just person after person after person who they come in they learn that and then they never come back and then you've got to teach it again to the next person, next person, next person to find somebody that will commit, that will have the talent mm. and to be the ability to then go on to the next level. And maybe that's where they end. This is the next level. And it's like, but then you've got somebody that might go to the next level after that. And it's like, so it's so rare to find somebody who is of the caliber that can be a world champion and has the commitment and really wants to make it work. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people look at, like trainers or you know and they go oh the coaches oh wouldn't it be great to just be a, a coach of the you know these champions and stuff it's like you realize that they've been through a million people to find that one person and through that experience of teaching that lesson to that many different people they had to recognize that person's skill and be able to harbor that skill but it wasn't just on the coach it was on the athlete as well to fully commit and and to turn up and do the work yes that's the thing, the commitment. Mm. That, and that's the thing that I think people be like, yeah, I want to do this, but I want to do the sport, blah, blah, blah. And it's like I've been in this for a hot minute mm. that I've seen a lot of people come and go, especially like as a photographer, like sitting on the sidelines, I've mm. seen a lot of people come and go in the sport. And it's like it's that level of commitment that it will it will, it'll, it'll, it'll make you – it'll make or break you i'm trying to think of the word and it's like it will it, reveal who you are there mm. we go mm. because it's like you have to commit to something if you're if people are non-committal it's never going to work yep. it's like if you're umming and ahhing about it it's like that's why i have the levels within the business it's like i've got just the general personal training i got the powerlifting coaching and then i got the program because it depends on what people where people are at because not everyone wants to be a powerlifter so it's like sick mm. strength training mm. that's for you some people want to level the fuck up their lives sweet program that's for you Mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's that 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 ability to go yeah they want it but are they telling me the truth that they really want it you know also you gotta you gotta try and do that because like you said like talk is cheap yeah yeah, and this is the thing with powerlifting is you know when someone has not been doing the work because it shows it'll show not in the first five weeks of prep it'll it'll show in the last two yeah and it's like it's really, really interesting. Even for me, like there's things with my deadlift. I'm like, I know I have not done the work in that and I am more than okay admitting that. And it's like, I just have to be better mm-hmm. and I know what I need to do to improve that. And so you got to be super really honest on mm-hmm. yourself as well mm-hmm. and not 
a lot of people are ready to step up into that. And if they are, fuck yeah, like let's go. Yeah. But like if they're not, then it's like they're just not they're just not in that spot in their journey yet. They mm. just still have a little bit more traveling to go before they get that wake up moment, I mm. guess. It's yeah. so cool when somebody is committed, they've got the talent and they are putting in the time and effort. Oh, and amen. it's like, ah, oh, this is the guy. Yeah. <laughs> or the girl yeah. or whatever, you know. That's that's the that's the thing. It's like I I work with some trans clients as well mm-hmm. and it is such an incredibly wholesomely spiritual experience working with people who are transitioning not just their bodies, their minds, but their entire fucking lives. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that that is commitment to just the whole next level mm-hmm. because it's it's preparing the body for HRT, but it's also preparing the body for like just everything else that it's gonna be facing. And mm-hmm. it's just been it's like I, I can't tell you, Matt. It's just it's been a really, really eye opening experience that's taught me a whole new level of self love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, my job is fucking dope, and I just <laughs> like, it's just like I encourage people to really have a more open minded approach to literally everything and absorb everything and just be willing to learn because you never know what you're going to be learning from people. And so, by removing judgment. And by removing any sense of like, this is right or wrong, you know, it's like people are people and flowing through that, you're going to learn so much and it's going to open your entire fucking world up. Mm. That's probably why they appreciate so much having somebody like you who... It is so, it is so beautiful. And Mm. I mean, like I've had, I had someone come in that didn't know I was gay Mm. and they were homophobic (laughs) and it was really funny. Did they not have researched that. anything? That I'm just you, how like, did they even find I'm you? I'm just like, <laughs> what? Because they found me through Instagram. I'm like, I'm have you looked Instagram. at any of the posts? Have you looked at me? Like, <laughs> have you seen what I write? Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they came in for their session. And like, no shit, Tricks in Mattel was on the speaker as well. I'm just like, this could be <laughs> And yeah. And people like those, their language was just so high, hateful. And I was just like, oh, wait, hang on a minute. Wait. I was like, do you know I'm Australian? And yeah. I was like, what? It was a really fucking funny. That's funny. Yeah. I laugh at it now. In the, yeah. in the moment, I was like, wow, I'm having to deal with this quite aggressive homophobia. And I'm yeah. like, wow. That's strange, isn't it? It was so strange that they ended up coming in. I was I'd, like, I'd love to get your opinion on, on trans athletes and sports. So when it comes to that, that is something that it's like, I I am not educated enough to make any, any comment, but as someone who is working with both male to female, female to male, and also non-binary, it's like, to me, acceptant, I, I, I am accepting of all. And it's it's kind of like the conversation of, like, you know, performance enhancing drugs and, mm-hmm. and tested, non-tested federations and mm-hmm. sports and stuff. I am not educated enough on that to really make a comment. And it's like, I don't really, I don't really even know how mm. because – I, I work with the most beautiful humans who are going through very, very intense moments in their lives to go through this. And, you know, they're not accepted by society, whichever way life is going for them mm-hmm. physically. And, like, the way that the internet really mocks people. And I've just gone, you know what, I just want to, like, just fucking love and accept people. Like, that's just where I've kind of landed with it Mm -hmm. because it's a really, really, really controversial thing Mm -hmm. to really have a conversation about. But where I stand personally, like, just, like, being brutally honest Mm -hmm. is that I I just am not educated enough on the subject to be even 
making a comment about it because unless I can see like hard facts, I can, I take time to understand it, but also understanding that these are also human beings that have gone through an experience to be able to transition Mm -hmm. and the strength that it takes, like who am I to fucking even make a comment? So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at with it because working with my trans clients, it's like, it is, there's a lot of heartbreak. Like sometimes, like I've, I've had um, one who got rejected three times for HRT and, and it was really hard going through the acceptance process because they like either things like mental health, Mm. whereas they didn't clear certain things and just seeing, seeing this person every time get rejected. And then the fourth time they got, you know, they're like, yes, you can go. And they're like, I can finally feel comfortable within who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't even know people. I don't even know that many people who can even say that out loud about themselves. So it's right. straight. Yeah. And it's like, to be able to say wholesomely, like I feel comfortable in who I am. I am who I am. And mm. it's just like, that to me is great. So mm. when it comes to like trans athletes and stuff like that, that is something that I just keep over there because mm. we have mixed classes now in just, it's unfortunately not yet in federations, mm-hmm. Um, waiting to see that happen here in Australia, but in uh, six one eight Barbell has implemented a mixed gender class into their novice and um, belly strength up in I think it's Queensland. Sorry right. if I get it wrong. They um, they were the pioneers in this. Um, so, so is this, um, it's for it's where trans and non-binary people can enter in. So if they don't identify as male or female, so it's just like it's just like let just let people be. You know, we're so worried about gender and stuff like that. It's mm. like, it just, yeah. Mm. So it's, it's. I think as someone who is also like openly gay and in a gay relationship, it's like gender norms and, and gender specifics, they just don't really matter. Even like my parents, mm-hmm. my mum does a lot of the stuff that the husband is meant to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm just new, not neutral. I'm on the territory of, can we just fucking love everyone? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I mean- I guess the argument that that people are having, or the issue, the main issue, is that uh, say a, a male that's transitioned to female is now competing in female sports, um, and then having a an advantage physically. Yeah. See, I've, I you know like I have had so many people ask me this question, and my answer is just always I have no idea how to make a comment on that oh. because we're in we're in such new territory for all that sort of thing. Mm. And it's just such a hard conversation because like, I mean, like I'm in an untested federation in powerlifting, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I really don't care Mm -hmm. if I'm stepping up against someone who is or isn't taking. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm just accepting that. I just love doing this for what it is. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard when you have, you know, the, that conversation, it's like, I don't even know how to really comment on it Mm -hmm. because I can I understand though the the process that that person has gone through to be out of transition. That's where my head straight goes to is mm. that person has gone through a fucking shitstorm to be able to be able to stand up in front of the world and say I am a trans woman or I am a trans man, mm. you know, that sort of thing. Like Elliot Page, uh, who mm. was Ellen Page, yeah, you know, yeah, to be able to be in in such a prominent position in Hollywood to have their character written into being a trans person, to be able to try and make, you know, trans people more like main, I hate the, I hate the way this sentence is sounding, mm-hmm. to make them, se- to, to be more, more mainstream and more accepted so people can understand that they are just humans. Mm-hmm. 
because the internet is a fucking savage place. <laughs> but when Elliot came out and just completely owned himself, that was so beautiful because we don't have enough like forefront humans out there really batting for the trans community, mm. the non-binary community. And it's just like, I think because I work so closely with them, I see the journey that they go through that I just never want to look at a single person with judgment. And as a gay person, I can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's where fun. I sit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess with, with powerlifting and, and with those sorts of events, what we were talking about before, <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you've gone into the event and you do your absolute best lift, but you come last, it doesn't really matter. It's like, I did the best. I did fantastic. I'm so happy with my mm. performance personally. I really don't care if I come away with a medal or a trophy or exactly. something like and that. It's the fact I've been there to do it. And it's like, if I was going to get all harped up about, you know, drugs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I'll mm-hmm. go into a tested federation. Right. But it's like, at the same time, I just love the fucking sport. Mm-hmm. If people choose to do it, that's cool. I have friends who do it and I don't care. Right, yeah. So it's like... It's just, I think, acceptance across the board is just something that, like, has been ingrained by my parents mm. um, from a very young age. And and it's just, like, learning how to be able to take both sides and just listen mm-hmm. and li- and just absorb it to make my own sort of decisions. And I just haven't had enough exposure or conversations or education to, to know enough about even just the hormonal side of things. Mm-hmm. But just from what I've seen with just my trans clients and just supporting them and seeing what they go through, that's enough for me to just go, you know what, we just need to fucking love everyone and just mm-hmm. just try and work through it without anger and aggression and have open conversations so then people can understand the process it takes to mm-hmm. to go through that because it's like it is intense. Mm-hmm. It is intense to see and witness. What do, you, what do you think about like say the – have you heard of the swimmer uh, Leah Thomas that has been breaking – women's records and no. um so it used to be thomas uh sorry, yeah, sorry there's the surname um i don't know used to be yeah, they're, they're now dead it's name. leah thomas yeah so um and has yeah but, but in the position that he's sorry she is um winning these races uh in college sports it's um in college swimming in the u.s mm. um which is giving her scholarships and giving her the positions uh, above the people that came, you know, second or third, um, and the argument that people are having, or the frustration that they're having, is that this. Uh, so she was, you know, when when she was competing in the the men's division, she was number two hundred and sixty six in the world or something. Mm. Now she's the number one uh, female swimmer, and mm. the, the other athletes, the other female athletes, are saying this isn't fair because, yeah. like, I would have had that opportunity. If this person wasn't, if they didn't, if they had not allowed this. Yeah, and I can see where the argument comes from, but at the same time there needs to be open communication on now that we have, we are so open now with the community and that we're growing and and we are actually able to be out comfortably. You know, you you couldn't even be gay. You know, there's some parts of the world where you'd be killed for being who you are. And so... When it comes to this sort of thing, it's like I said before, it's like I, I've, I didn't even know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like it comes down to a conversation that obviously really needs to be had to work out where things just go, because this is this is a conversation point of working out how do we support these people, but how do we support the other people too? Yeah, and it's, it it's 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 like it's like without discrimination, and that's the thing is like. 
the queer community has faced enough of that shit. It's <laughs> weird, it's a weird time. It's, it is it's a like weird a transitional time, time of yeah. like you know. I guess there's no easy answer because it's and never happened before. Like, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like I can't I can't really make a comment because a I'm just not educated, but there just needs to be a conversation on all parties to be able to go. It's like if you're having a workplace disagreement sort mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and you need to diffuse the situation instead of just throwing all these jabs out everywhere. It's like, what can we do to fix the situation, make right. everyone feel comfortable mm-hmm. and so we can progress as society mm-hmm. instead of just throwing out these, like, opinions and conversations can can really, like, they're there. But the thing is, it's like, what are we doing factually to be able to support everyone in this situation? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Like being a young trans person would be pretty fucking mentally brutal. Mm-hmm. Like I'd see it from their point of view, mm-hmm. um, and it's like I guess it's like, yeah, that's kind of just where I sit with it across the board, really. Because at the end of the day, just seeing the process that a trans person goes through to be able to become who they are and to be able to just say out loud, "I am who I am," mm-hmm. it's it is it's like. I think about how it was for me to come out as gay and then I think that would be a thousand times emotionally more intense than anything that anyone, like, mm-hmm. to come out as trans mm. as, and be able to say I am more comfortable as X, Y, Z. And, yeah, I have a lot of respect for that. So it's, like, it's hard to make a it, – mm. it's not hard to make a comment. My comment is – I don't I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know and I just yeah. really hope that we can come to a point where the conversation is where people all feel comfortable to step forwards and mm-hmm. there's no there's no um no discrimination because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah my my trans humans are very important to me and like I, I've never really heard of what's going on over there mm-hmm. but it's evident that we need to start making decisions and like what we're doing in powerlifting we're making the classes we're working through it we're Mm -hmm. going and having these conversations so then you know trans and non-binary people are accepted in the community they can step in Mm -hmm. and and they are loved and they feel welcome Mm -hmm. you know and it's like on like my sign-up forms for clients it's like i make sure that there's the the non-binary or just i'm like don't even circle anything if you don't want to like there's no pressure to disclose like it's just learning to to just live without that judgment and fuck man is so freeing in the mind to just not have to be caught up with stuff. Mm, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I can see it from both both points of view of the frustration of the athletes that are, you know, competing and then, you know, being beaten by somebody. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the person that has gone through that experience to be you know, accepting of themselves in mm. that in that mindset. And it's like I would like to compete and live as this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, the the people that were competing in that are now potentially missing out on opportunities or scholarships or, you know, the recognition of their their efforts because they are being outperformed competitively physically where they can't they don't have a chance. Um, there was a reason I think last week there was a cycling race that uh, was cancelled because there was a trans athlete that was going to be competing in it and all it was in a female's race all the female cyclists said we're not going to compete because this person's going to win like that this person That's is so massive. much so much yeah. better than they when they were professional mm. cyclists in the males division they were competitive this is then. where the conversation needs to just now happen like across mm. the board like i don't know if there's a global sports committee or something but like it's where the conversation needs to start 
So then there's just understanding across the board. So there's not knee jerk reactions and and everyone is educated across across it all mm-hmm. instead of just like relying on a random Instagram post and shit. It's like it's so. It's think, so yeah, someone just needs to make a proper decision and ruling and say this is what we're going to do from now on. And it's like because I see I see my humans as my humans. Whatever they choose to be, that's them. And so if a if I, I I don't know, it's such a I've I've never re- I've never really thought about it. If that mm. makes sense, mm-hmm. I've never really thought about it until like now when we're talking about it. And it's just like I just want to make sure that I guess the people who are in my world are all safe and held. But like I just I just even don't even know. And to have everyone pull out of an event that's fucking intense. But imagine how that other person feels. And then I'm just like. I just think about everyone, and this is what my fucking business psych <laughs> is like. He's like, you don't have to micromanage everyone's yeah. lives and think for them, but yeah. like it's some. Um, but but it's, you know, but for that sort of thing to happen, where all of the athletes in that yeah. division say we're not happy with this and we will not compete if this happens, mm. um, there needs to be something that something needs, to, needs to happen and something needs to change. And it start it, like it honestly just ends up having to start small. And I'm hoping with the encouragement of. 618 with doing their mixed class. I'm hoping with that encouragement that there's that, that then it goes on like as a little bit of a positive, as, as a positive ripple effect through into other sports and stuff like that. Just so then there's more understanding, but I hope that the conversation comes soon and it's educational for everyone and it leads to accepting for everyone, acceptance for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, just like it's to, to me, it's like I just understand what the trans person is going through. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. much where I sit with yeah. it. I think, yeah, I'm, I think, well, basically it leads to you, both parties need to see it from both people's point of view mm. and, yeah, make it in a way where no one is discriminated against. Yeah. Um, but how do we go about it? Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing is how do we go about it so no one is hurt? Because it's like, you know, there's been enough pain as there is and people are trying to, you know, be accepted with like name changes and like when you come out as a person there is so much danger of like you can like I lost my job over sure. it and it's like there is so many risks and it's like fuck man imagine coming out as trans and that sort of thing like my bosses probably would have shot me probably shouldn't think about that <laughs> um but like that's the thing is like um that's that's the thing is like there's there's, there's room for communication and now is the time for it mm-hmm. and that's why I'm glad that now we're seeing in just in the powerlifting sport that we've got the mixed classes and the, the non-binary so then it can actually have the conversations mm. and that we can educate people on that because it's the failure to listen is exactly where violence starts mm. and that's why now we really need to listen so we can, as a com- community in all sports, can just start stepping forward so then people don't go canning stuff and it's like we can just actually just sit and listen as to why and take in the facts and 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 have that time to think on it but yeah all i can just say is like like watching watching my humans go through the hrt and also just through that whole like that whole process it's very very intense mm. it's yeah. very intense and so it's like me mentally i just <laughs> i'm just like i'm there at those certain points and sessions where i'm just like holy fuck that person is going through something right now mm. and it's like and, and no one else can really fathom it. And so 
I just hope the conversation for support can start so then events like that can can happen and we don't have disruptions because we we've had enough disruptions the last mm. few years it's like we want to be able to get back into life and doing things and so it's just amazing how I like this is just like it's just amazing how gender can just throw so much out mm-hmm. um and yeah and mm. it and, and that's the thing is like when when you look at it I guess from from a perspective of say like that person who came into my business and didn't like me just because of who I choose. No, I don't even choose love. That's just who I am. Mm-hmm. It's just such an interesting experience. <laughs> it's just, that's fantastic. It's, and that, that was such a, that was actually like a highlight moment yeah. in my business, but yeah. Oh. Awkward subject. Oh, that's good. All right, well, we might end it there. Yeah. It's a, it has been great <laughs> to have you back. It's so it's such a wonderful to- every time that you come in and uh, we've got two weeks until your meet next yeah. to not this Friday next Friday in Melbourne yeah. the uh big powerlifting event uh Pro Raw Pro Raw, Pro, Pro Raw 12 it's going to be a big event you're going to see <laughs> Natalie Stone competing and we'll have her on after we'll talk about how you went and how your experience was it'll be so much fun all right well, yeah, thank let's you again get Izzy back and, and Dave absolutely so thank you for watching this is Hollywood Mac we're going to hit the gavel to end the show and uh thanks again <gasps>